this is breaking news on Louder with Crowder. I'm Barry Matheson. We take you live now to a public town hall with governor and presidential candidate John Kasuch. Now, I'm really glad to be here still running a positive campaign and uh, want to open the floor for, for questions. So, yes, sir, uh, you back there, you have a question? Now, now, hey, that's uncalled for. You're the same guy who was there in Ohio. Why, why have you got security? Hey, over there, security. What, what are you doing? Yep, security. Well, now that just seems counterproductive. You're, you're both playing the same song. You suck. No, no, I would argue I, I don't. I don't suck. You suck, John Kasich! Well, that's not really a question. Could you phrase it in the form of a question? You suck? We'll keep you abreast as this town hall unfolds. For Louder with Crowder, I'm Parry Mahathan. You found yourself at the junction where worlds meet. Politics. Civility? How about honesty in this country, folks? Entertainment. I don't like entertainment. And a whole bunch of other stuff. It's about having a healthy body image. You have a very unhealthy body. You should have a horrible body image. Not a big home improvement market in Detroit. <laughs> we are definitely going to get letters. You're listening to Talk Radio's Strangest Animal. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. And that sound means, that sound means it's the weekend. I am your host of the show, Ladder with Crowder, Stephen Crowder, producing with me in studio, if you're listening terrestrially, and one of, one of our wonderful affiliates uh, producing with me in studio, as always, is Not Gay Jared. You can follow him at Twitter at Not Gay Jared. He is not gay. I fulfill my legal obligations, and you can draw your own conclusions. Are we good? Good. Good. Another day, and still not gay. Not gay. <sighs> Did you plan that rhyme? No, I didn't plan on that, but okay. it worked out well. It worked out well. It worked out really well. Sometimes you just fall backwards into things that work for you. Sometimes you front, fall frontwards into things that turn out okay, too. Back to you, Stephen. Okay. Thank you very much. And, uh, man, what kind of, what a show do we have. We have quite the shindig for you this evening. It's going to be good. Ben Shapiro coming on. Or this morning. But, you know, Don't know when else. This, this evening, morning, depending on when you're You could be in China. This, you could be know. in China. By the way, if you're in China, you guys have some problems. I mean, listen, I know it's a homogenous culture, but there are still billions of them. It's like World War Z at a certain point. They're just, they're just going over that wall, and they just become human stairs. I don't want to throw China under the bus. Talk about the zombies still. No, we're talking about the Chinese. But I repeat myself. What? What? Racism in the very first segment. How, how, how great is this? So, we have Ben Shapiro, the world's favorite, uh, snarkiest Jew. Great guy. Gotta love. Gotta love the Jewish Ben Shapiro. And uh, Tim Kennedy. So contrast, you have Ben Shapiro, intellectual, not necessarily confused as a tough guy. And then Tim Kennedy, UFC top contender, uh, former Army Ranger, host of 
Killing Hitler, Hunting Hitler? Hunting Hitler. Hunting Hitler. Yeah, co-host on that show. Hunting Hitler. And then, of course, Courtney Scoffs, uh, our wonderful, our wonderful, my wonderful editor, who, by the way, Courtney, if she's listening or watching, thank you so much. She had a vacation. I know she was burnt out. And uh, things would not work at LadderWithCredit.com without the team of uh, Courtney, of course, our McBrody. Casey is the newest one, and she is just great. And she had to make her Twitter private because everyone was was hitting on her in, in ways that were sexually just wildly inappropriate. But they meant to be complimentary. The Internet's a very bizarre place. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm missing anybody. No, I, I think that covers it. No, I, think, I, think, covers I think you need to send the uh, the weird compliments to me. I would I would take those over, over you know. No, you weren't on a thank you list. Notice you didn't get a <sighs> Christmas card. You just my calling for my firing, which is usually appropriate. Usually appropriate. Usually fair. We had a problem with the stream even starting today. So a lot has happened this week. I don't. It sounds to me like I'm in a fishbowl. Is there something going on? It sounds that way too. But I think it's just your voice. I it's, it's for some reason voice. it sounds like the studio maybe it isn't padded or something like usual. I don't know what that is. Well, the uh, the, the duct tape doesn't hold up as well. The as, duct tape uh, doesn't hold up as no, well. No, keeping the phone. Oh, on. All right. Anyway, no. a lot of news this week. Wisconsin coming up. That's going to be big by the time you're you're listening to this and you're hearing this. And uh, some numbers came out. So we have a few stories. One that I find hilarious, and we have up at LiderWithCrowder.com. An employee at a university uh, beat the tar, well, didn't beat the tar, grabbed and manhandled a student for cultural appropriation. For those of you who do not know, this is, uh, it means that something is racist. And, uh, well, it, I'm kind of a big deal. It's a big deal for people in our generation. And the cultural appropriation was this white kid was wearing uh, dreadlocks. Apparently, this girl had never seen a corn music video. Like, that's all it was on MTV <laughs> in the early 2000s, was really bad guitaring and just swinging of dreadlocks. So, apparently. In, in defense of the. Uh, dreadlocks on a white dude just. It's not. Dreadlocks good. on anybody don't look good. The guy. Bob Marley. They look worse on. They look bad on Bob Marley. Bob Marley has dreadlocks. You associate it with him. If Bob Marley had any other haircut, including the Burger King Kids Club, House Party, high and, and tight, he'd still look better. Dreadlocks look awful. And I don't think you can wash them very effectively. Anyway, so that's a story. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, a girl was pepper sprayed at a Trump rally. Awful. 15-year-old girl, pepper sprayed. Terrible. But the media lied to you, said that someone had groped her, and then they pepper sprayed her. No one groped her, from what we know now, at the recording of this broadcast. And she did full wine sucker punch somebody, and then someone pepper sprayed her. So it's just ugliness all around. All around the world, all across the American political spectrum, you know in this studio, thank God you people never actually have to set foot in this studio. The, the immune system that we both have, not Gay Jared and I, and living such close proximity with each other, we would be marvels of science. If you could just take a skin graft and it's put true. it in a Petri dish. So the first thing I wanted to lead with, though, is... Obamacare. These new numbers came out. Now, we've been talking about this for a long time. I hate to do the I told you so. But, but I love doing the I told you so. Yeah. So a new report came out, and um, this also ties into Ted Cruz, who was on with Jimmy Kimmel, we'll talk about later, uh, where I have a quote right here. Obamacare enrollees are sicker than those covered before the law. Backers see this as good news because it means those needing coverage are getting it. But it's actually a sign of an impending death spiral, not a good sign when you use death spiral. A new mm -hmm. report from Blue Cross Blue Shield finds that those who signed up for Obamacare in 2014 and 2015 had higher rates of various diseases and used significantly more medical services in their first year of coverage. Uh, 
they go on to say, but to work, Obamacare had to bring in young and healthy people to offset the costs of the older and sicker to keep insurance premiums down. Otherwise, the market would enter into a death spiral where high premiums with more healthy people would drive healthy people out of the market, pushing rates up further. This is exactly what's happened where Obamacare has been implemented. Which is crazy when you think, and this is what leftists knew would happen. I talked about this a long time ago. No one else really cared to. Anthony Weiner, I know, well, let's get, let's get, grow up. Grow up. <laughs> Anthony Penis got, an, a, he got a, a, an exemption for Obamacare. A lot of these leftists uh, got their districts or got their, con, their voting constituency. They got them exempt. So they supported Obamacare. We had to know it was in the, the bill to pass it. So Anthony Weiner, I just say because it's a name that sticks in your mind because his last name is a synonym for a Doniger. So you know Anthony Weiner. If I name you uh, some other congressman or senator, you might not remember the name. But Anthony Weiner, um, the guy who got caught showing his Weiner. Grow up! Got an exemption for Obamacare. Now, if you look at their justification, it was because they understood the costs. Hillary Clinton has said that she may uh, use an, may enact an executive order to stop the crushing costs of Obamacare. Premiums have gone up 49%. Deductibles, now usually if you pay a higher premium, you would expect a lower deductible, right? With Obamacare, that was a promise. No, premiums have gone up an average of 49%. By the way, that's a very broad number for most people who are working and had an average plan. If you're middle-aged, it's gone up much more than that. But at least 49%, all the sources at Louder with Credit.com, deductibles have skyrocketed. For many people, doubled or tripled. People are getting less for their health care than ever with this. And it's this goes back to fundamental economics. This is why I did the video on why democratic socialism doesn't work. What do you think is going to happen? You're basically forcing insurance. Insurance companies are making a bet, right? What they're saying is, okay, if we have X amount of people, let's say we have X amount of people paying $200 a month and their deductible is $5,000. We know that if we charge this amount, we'll have enough people, and uh, most of them will not use their deductible. Therefore, we will make X amount of profit. That's how their business model works. It's very, very mathematical, tight. There's nothing sexy about it. And then the government comes in and says, no, you have to cover everyone. They say, well, hold on. Our, our, our math doesn't allow for people who, 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 who eat a diet of, of, of Snickers and fried Oreos and, um, and then dessert coming onto our health care plan with diabetes and gout. Gout's still a thing. It's still a thing, but it doesn't really come from... Uh, most people aren't getting it from, from uh, iron-rich food. They're getting it from being fat SOBs. A lot of people are getting gout. So saying, we didn't account for this, and that government says, well, you can't deny these people for pre-existing conditions. Now, I understand that a lot of insurance companies were denying people for pre... You know, like, well, listen, you cracked, your, your knuckles are cracking, we can't accept you. I understand that, and insurance companies are terrible. This entire law was big kickback to the insurance companies. So again, their business is betting. It's betting on health. And now you have thrust into their risk pool a bunch of people who are unhealthy, a bunch of people who everyone else has to subsidize. So this is where we are. Anyone who understands basic economics knew this is what was going to happen. This is what Republicans said would happen. This is what conservatives said would happen. This is what's happened in Canada. This is what's happened in all these democratic socialist countries that Bernie Sanders loves to praise. It's just a matter of time. It's a ticking time bomb. And uh, just like we talked about, John Stossel talked about this, when you have insurance, and now you have a lot of young people who get the subsidized insurance, you go, you get whatever you want. Like you're saying, sick people, but they're using a bunch of services that maybe they don't even need. Ah, the back of my neck hurts. I'm going to go in and get an MRI. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I, I, my toe hurts. I think I might have gout. Although if you're 420 pounds, you, you might have gout. That's actually not, it's not frivolous. I'd get it checked out. Completely reasonable. It's complete. It's reasonable. 
for the 400-pound guy with a sore toe to think he might have gout. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to speak out of turn, as I often do. Um, and the, the, the point is we all saw this coming. And you were told, no, 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 no. This is not true. This is going to be great. And something that's really important, we've talked about this, same thing with unemployment. Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders have said, Barack Obama's great for, for unemployment. He, uh, the unemployment rate is low. The economy is recovering. <laughs> they say that when he's in office, right? But when they're running, they say it's over 11%. Yep. Why? Because it's one thing to lie. At that point, when you're in office, you're lying to the press. It's a PR thing. But when you need to gain votes... At some point, you have to be honest with people. And that's just such a blatant lie. If you say, well, unemployment is low, no. You know it's bad, and so, you, well, it's 11%. Here's how I'm going to fix it for you, because they, you know, this hero worship with politics. Well, it's the same thing with the, uh, you know, the, the jobs are doing great, the economy's booming, but Wall Street's really screwing people right now, and no one's getting any money. They, they, it's, it's, it's rigged yeah. and going downhill when they want to go downhill, and it's going uphill when it benefits them. Right. For the reports, so. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then they, they bitch about how wages haven't gone up, right? Well, what yep, do we, yep, yep. What do you, who's, who's been at the tiller? Like Bernie Sanders, people who vote Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton to fix our problems? You're like 10-second Tom. You can't remember the last seven years. It's been them. We'll be back. We'll talk cultural appropriation. Stay tuned. Ladder with Crowder. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit. This week in cultural appropriation. Um, excuse me. As somebody with white privilege, you cannot wear dreadlocks. Okay. Um, as a black person, you can't wear Levi's. Join us next week for more in cultural appropriation. Steven Crowder here. Hey, Jared, what are you doing? Ah, I'm just having trouble getting through this book. Well, that's because you can't read. I know! You should have used Freedom Project Academy. Freedom what? Yeah, Freedom Project Academy. Just go to fpeusa.org. It's a fully accredited private online school, no common core, and absolutely no government funding whatsoever. All the classes are taught live online, kindergarten through high school, with real teachers based around the country. So through Freedom Project's classical curriculum, students master the basics like math, English, history, science, uh, alongside some more commonly neglected courses like logic. You're not getting that in a lot of schools. Economics, American studies, and Latin, all of which foster the long-lost art of critical thinking and create leaders for tomorrow. All classes are recorded to be viewed 24-7, and you can get your very own sneak peek of any class or professor at fpeusa.org. Open enrollment runs March through July, but classes always fill up fast. Now, do you have your GED equivalency, Jared? No, is that important? I think so. I mean, you might want to give them a call. That's Freedom Project Academy at fpeusa.org. I can't clap. I want to clap to that song, but I can't because it'll blow out the microphone. It's true. It's true. It's it's, it's a clap-worthy song, though. You should know that. It is a clap-worthy song. I love the law. Uh, clacka, clacka. I love Outcast. Clacka, clacka. You know, on AM radio, we had a lot of, by the way, uh, wonderful affiliate. We're very grateful. WKMQ, Mississippi. I said Missouri last week because I'm an idiot. 
Ah, it's all this. It's all looks. Shut the, up. It looks the Treat same. Treat our affiliates nicely. The letters look the same. W E Z S New Hampshire, W J C Northern Florida, Patriot Voices Northern Michigan, mm-hmm. K L I D Missouri, mm-hmm. Cone Alaska W K M Q Missouri, and of uh, Mississippi. I didn't rewrite it on my notes. And of course, Wham Detroit Ann Arbor. Hello, Linda. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this show. She never listens. The people who started our show, they don't even listen. I don't even think they like us. They don't like us. If you like us, Linda, text me right now. If you like us, text us. Um, <laughs> or tweet us at S. Crowder. I don't have that much time on my hands. So, <laughs> um, You know what? Send an email. Yeah, just let's send just send an email. <laughs> send an email to Jared, and then I'll get back to you. Gosh, there's so much that happened this week. Uh, Zuckerberg thinks we can fight ISIS through love. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's true. Can we, vol- can we volunteer for the front lines? Um, I would love that. The Obamacare numbers, uh, the last, the town halls. Worse? How could they get any worse? Take a look around you, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. You know what else? Did you hear about Sarah Palin's new show? Is there a new one? No, no, no. You haven't heard this? No. Sarah Palin. <laughs> Sarah Palin's going to be like a Judge Judy. Are you serious? Despite no legal experience, they're going to show up and she is going to settle. Right wing and bitter clinging. Can I, can I get a hallelujah? Ah, oh, that should be, I, I, that should be your theme song. That should song. be your theme song. At least, the, you know, in between commercials Gosh, or such. You know, I want to like Sarah Palin, but she makes it hard. <sighs> she doesn't want me to like her. She does not well, she want, doesn't want you to like America. Her. Well, obviously. Nobody wants you to like me, them. Me, me, America. Is you are I'm, not an approval they seek. No. Okay, before we get to Zuckerberg, Isis, we're going to have Shapiro on next because there's been a development in Donald Trump-Michelle Field situation. I know people are all on different sides of that, and uh, I'll try and hold Ben's uh, feet to the fire and, and get to the bottom of it and see what the truth is. Um, yeah, listen, I'm not, I'm not a Trump guy, and Ben and I have known each other for a long time. I think that this has been mishandled by, by all sides. So we'll try and be fair, but I know many of you will, will still bitch that it's not fair. One thing I want to talk about before we get into all this, this news is the idea, and you talked about this, justice versus equality is very important, I think. A lot of people don't yeah, understand. Just, justice versus fairness. Justice versus fairness. Because Bernie Sanders now, a lot of people don't realize he's picking up a lot of steam. He's gaining a lot of ground on Hillary. Is it likely that he wins? No. But he is doing far, far better than anybody predicted. And that's on this promise of fairness and distribution and, and, and getting your fair share. People in our generation really seem to place, and if you look at the Pew Research polls, place an emphasis on fairness. And oh, someone is, someone is, is, is why, why is my computer on right now? Oh, I guess uh, I'll, I'll talk about this later. My wife is texting me during the show, and she should never be texting me during the show. She should always st- stop. Unless she's saying that she likes us. No, no, that's enough of that. Uh, email. Email Email, e- e- email it. Um, fairness and justice aren't really the same thing. You know, we talked about this as a Christian. Uh, God is just, but life isn't fair. And a lot of people say, well, what do you mean by that? Listen, I, I certainly think that as a society, it is much more... It, well, not much more important. It's pivotal that we place importance on justice, not fairness. Certainly not fairness of outcomes. That's what leftists believe in promising. Let me give you an example of justice versus equality. You're laughing because you know this. I know, story. I know where this is going. So I, I was like a kid in great in French Canadian school. Okay, this is a true story, and this is where I learned as a kid that fairness is is and political correctness is just, it corrodes the soul. Uh, Monsieur Lacaire was my teacher. Must have been second grade. And my dad worked for a company called Odessa. I don't know what they did. Something with cars. 
And one of the things is he had these nice pens. He had a bunch of pens, Odessa, and my dad's name was on the pens. So we opened up my, my desk in my class, and I had a bunch of Odessa pens. And it, it said, you know, Darren Crowder. So I had those, and there was this kid. I don't, I don't want to name names. Daniel Cuffling. We became <laughs> friends later on, and he stole my pens. He took my pens. I was like, where are my pens? And then I look over. Lo and behold, Daniel Cuffling is writing with a pen with my dad's name on it. I go, hey, that's my pen. No. I said, come on, it's, it's clearly my pen, my dad's name. That, your, does your dad work for an American company, Odessa? Is your dad's last name Crowder? And we got into a fight over it. We were yelling. I escalated it. Probably a little too quickly. That's just how I was. And the teacher comes in and says, what's going on? And Daniel says, well, he's, he's yelling and saying that I stole his pen. I said, he did steal my pen. And the teacher goes, well, uh, who's telling the truth? I said, I'm telling the truth. My dad's name is on that pen. There's five more pens that I have with my dad's name on that pen. You can find them in his desk. And the teacher goes, can you two work this out with, with your words without fighting? And I told the teacher, I said, I don't need, I don't need to work this out. It's not my, it's your job is to, is to make sure that people stop stealing pens. It's, I don't know if you notice it's a problem here in your classroom. Broken window theory. Let's fix the, the pens before everyone starts getting their pens stolen. Teacher goes, well, if you can't work this out with words, nobody gets the pens. And took them away. They had my dad's name on the pen. And, his da and my dad's company. They were clearly stolen pens. And the teacher said, well, well, if you can't work it out, what's fair is nobody gets the pen. Now, that was fairness. But that was not justice. And what, is that, what does that tell you, right? It places a lot more burden on the person who's telling the truth, on the person who's not breaking the law, when you're doing, whether it's someone abusing welfare, tweeting, mm -hmm. bitching about how they need their fair share from their smartphone while they have welfare. By the way, if you're on welfare, okay, if you're below, and you're using it and you're tweeting, for, you, you should be put on mute. I, I don't care what you have to say. Your bitching is irrelevant. What does it do? All, all Daniel needed to say is, well, it's my pen too, because he knew it was a lie and he knew it didn't matter at that point. Burden of proof was even though he knew I was telling the truth. That's what that favors. When you just talk about fairness and feelings and making sure that everybody leaves feeling good, the successful person, the person who didn't commit the wrong, ends up getting screwed. This is a perfect example. It was my pen that was stolen from my desk. Kid took it. Teacher saw my dad's name in the pen and said in the name of fairness, no one gets the pen. That's fairness. That's leftism. That's not justice. And that's something that millennials need to understand. That's something that anyone out there needs to understand. Fairness and justice are not the same thing. And when you play identity politics and you play fairness and you talk about fair share and you throw it out without defining it, it inevitably favors the person who's willing to game the system. They're perfectly fine with screwing the other guy as long as they gain from it. And I still never got that pen back. All right, I think we have to go to a break here pretty soon. We have Ben Shapiro coming on. At least he's calm. We'll, we'll calm our nerves. We'll talk about the Donald Trump, Michelle Fields, and uh, him with the Breitbart situation and hopefully get to the bottom of it. I don't know. I'm no Columbo, but I think I can handle this and figure it out. Stay tuned. Breaking news on Louder with Crowder, I'm Perry Matheson. We take you now to the live stream where Donald Trump has stopped on his campaign for Tommy Tibble's fifth birthday party. Oh, wow! Legos! Thanks so much, Mr. Trump! Uh, thanks. Those are very expensive Legos. Okay, those ones, they're gold-plated. 
Okay, frankly, I'm the only one who can buy those. You're not gonna find those Legos anywhere else. They're, 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 I'm the Lego machine. Okay, who wants cake? Yes. Oh, yeah, great. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> can I blow out the candles? Only if you make a wish first. <laughs> All right. This is the best birthday ever. Food fight. Hey, excuse me, okay? I didn't clear a food fight. This suit is worth $9,000. Are you gonna pay for the dry cleaning? Okay? Mr. Trump, it was just... Yeah, excuse me, okay? Here I am, I buy you these gold plate of Legos, okay? The nicest Legos. Okay, I buy you the best Legos. And you go and throw food at me, huh? Is that okay? They come over here. Mr. Trump, what are you... Come over here, you little shit. <laughs> Coy, Coy, grab his legs. Coy, grab his legs. <laughs> oh, Mom! Okay, who wants... Oh, my God! You people are animals! Hey, he started it. We'll keep you abreast of the water of the crowd, or I'm Harry Mahalo. All right, so glad to bring on this next guest. We've had him before, a uh, longtime colleague, I guess we can say, of mine, chief editor of DailyWire.com. You can follow him at Ben Shapiro. He is somewhere on his college tour right now. I think Chap Chapel Hill. When I asked Ben before the break, yeah. he said, I don't, I, I don't know Chapel Hill. So you're getting Ben Shapiro with half brain power today. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's pretty fair which uh, means that you know i'll take on three lefties instead of six at a time well so. yes yes that's that's pretty much what i figured um okay so you have had a couple of weeks i mean it's just a whirlwind of your college speaking uh, obviously we can get right to it you know we've we've talked about it on the program we have a guests from the other side the michelle fields incident donald trump um f firstly how are you feeling about this because as someone who's been in the conservative movement i guess since you were n what 17 very yeah. young syndicated columnist I, I get messages all the time and you know this from top people who are going yeah this is fractured friends family w what's it yep. like right now for ben shapiro i mean look I'm, I'm used to receiving criticism but what i'm not really used to receiving is accusations of being a leftist because i don't support a leftist like donald trump that one's kind of new to me being called a social justice warrior because I don't think it's appropriate when a campaign manager grabs and bruises a woman's arm. This is this is new stuff to me. It, it's so that 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 I that I find you know troubling and upsetting. Uh, and you know it's never fun looking at your Twitter mentions and you have thousands and thousands of people calling you a conservative and a and a social justice warrior and photoshopping purple hair and a nose ring on you and all that kind of crap. But you know I guess I, I do find funny. I do respect. I thought it was Ben funny, for though. saying yeah. this is that he was more offended by the purple hair than all the like the the Nazi anti-Jew propaganda. Oh, that doesn't yeah. even seem well, to bother him. Yeah, that, that doesn't bother me anymore. That that you, you grow a thick <laughs> skin with regard to the Nazi anti-Jew crap after a few weeks of this. I mean, but the they, feminist Photoshop—that's where Ben has his that's, own. That's lines. where I draw the line. That's where I draw the line. Once the once they stick the, the the purple hair in the nose ring on me, I'm done. I'm out. And it's so accurate too. When I went to the feminist film festival, it, I was sitting there going. I, I mean, did they, did they have a convention before the convention to agree <laughs> on the outfits? You're on the, the same vendor sits outside each one of those, just selling the same, the, kind of like the light sticks and glow sticks. It's, it's for the hair stuff. Yeah, no. yeah they, they do have a rule. The rule is non-conformity through conformity. Sort of like the Trumpkins rule, which is conservatism through non-conservatism. Yeah, I mean, I, here's the one thing I will say, though. I, I have more respect for people like, uh, you know, like Milo, friend of ours, who says, listen, it has nothing mm -hmm. to do with conservatism anymore. I don't really care about the principles behind it. People are mad, and we want to see him burn this down. There are people who have said that, 
I understand that. It's not my belief, but that's very different, I think, from some of the mental gymnastics required for people who claimed to be Christian conservatives. Fully agree with this. Fully agree with this. I mean, when Milo says that he doesn't, he doesn't think conservatism, you know, has has achieved what its purpose was. Like, just if you want to admit who your man is, and then say you're voting for him because of who he is, or even if you're voting for him because of who he isn't, right? He's not the establishment, so I don't want, so I, so I want Trump. That's at least a fair argument. What, what I can't abide is the if you oppose Donald Trump, then it must be because you're not a real conservative who doesn't care about about the Constitution or, or conservative. That's just stupid. I'm sorry. It's just stupid. And, and if you're going to defend Trump on the, on the grounds that he's a decent, wonderful human being, I think that's equally stupid. I, I don't think that he's a decent, wonderful human <laughs> well, being. Well, I think some people defend him on the grounds that they like that he's an ass. And that's what I'm saying. Right, There's which is fine. This, Again, that's, exactly. that's a fine argument. Fine argument. Um, he's an ass, and you can, you can like him because of that. Yeah. It, it, there's a question as to whether it also makes you an ass, but, but that's at least an argument. <laughs> it's true. Well, I think liking him because he's an ass is fine. I think people liking him because they think he has a backbone is, is entirely misled, because I don't think yes. Donald Trump has, has met an adversary um, that he's really taken head on. So, okay, the Michelle Field situation. Obviously, you've caught a lot of flack for this. Um, this is happening this, this week, right? The video released, and there was the, a couple things that need to be clarified. You're a lawyer, so people need to understand that. Um, yes. Battery is different from assault. Simple battery is different from assault. I've seen a lot of sites use it interchangeably. That must frustrate you because it doesn't yes. help the case. Yes. People are stupid. Also, felony battery is different than simple battery. Right. Misdemeanor battery is not the same as felony battery. Right. People look up the law in the state of Florida. All, in, all a simple battery is is an unwanted touching that is intentionally performed. Exactly. That's it. That's the entire definition. So people who don't understand that, I can understand why they'd say. And as someone who has been at the receiving end of full-on right. violent assault, very different. We know. We were on the phone when that happened. Um, yep. I can understand people saying, oh, this is exaggerated. Now, I think there are two components here. There's your opinion uh, on Michelle Field, someone's opinion as to whether it was exaggerated, and there is the law and what constitutes battery and what was said. So, and then there's the real, and, there, and then there's the real story here, which right. really has nothing to do with Michelle and has much more to do with the, the Trump campaign lying and smearing her. Right? Right. I mean, that's that's really the story here because the fact is, if Corey Lewandowski just says shouldn't have done that, my bad, apologizes within 24 hours instead of going on Twitter and calling Michelle a liar and an attention whore, then all of this is over immediately. I mean, the reason she went and filed a police report... Did he say attention whore? He said attention seeker, and all of his followers said attention whore. Uh, look, when you say attention seeker about a woman, everybody knows what you're what you're talking about, essentially. Um, and and so you know, he the, the idea here that, that the, the Trump campaign was pushing is that this was some sort of giant conspiracy to get Trump. Which, if it was, is it's the stupidest conspiracy in the history of the world. I mean, y- y- your conspiracy is that you're going to go into a press room knowing that his campaign manager is going to grab you by the arm, pull you back, that you're going to happen to bump into a reporter from the Washington Post who saw the same thing. And that his campaign manager is then going to deny it, and Trump is going to deny it, even though there are cameras on them, right? That's 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 your giant conspiracy. I mean, well, what a conspiracy it is! I mean, right. boy, it's like it's like the JFK assassination. Well, but but Trump, but Trump people think that's what this is. I mean, they're watching this thing like the Zapruder tape, going, well, you know, originally the case was she was never touched. Then the case was, well, she was touched, but not that hard. And now you got Trump out there, like the like the utter dolt that he is. I mean, this is not a man with high IQ. And the, you have him out there no, saying No, and Jerry like, said, everyone knows I have the, my IQ is the best. We'll bring up that IQ tweet. IQ is the best. That's actually yeah, what he, he said. You no, know, he has said that. He also says he has a very good brain, which, by the way, no one with a very good brain in human history has ever said, because it makes you an idiot. But Donald <laughs> Trump says about, about Michelle Fields that, you know, there she is. She was holding the Secret Service. They were, they were bothered by it. She was holding, what was it? Was it a pen? Was it a knife? It could have been a little bomb. 
Yes, Donald. I'm sure it was all of those things. You you bloviating sack of crap. I mean, what? really, the, 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 it was like a reporter holding a pen. What, what do you well, I, I think? And the Secret Service looks tremendously bothered by all of this in the tape. I mean, it's not like they have right. training in, in dealing with actual threats. You need Medal of Honor winner and Normandy hero Corey Lewandowski swooping in from behind to save the Republic by pulling Michelle Fields four feet back. Well, key word for me, again, this is just the personal, is the from behind. Same thing with the protester grabbing the collar from behind. He's looking mm-hmm. at the protester mm-hmm. and the rally and uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Guy reaches away and harumph. He's looking, <laughs> he's looking at Michelle Fields the whole time. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And then when she's turning away, harumph. That to me right. is like, oh my gosh, you know, just from a personal standpoint. And listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm, I'm a guy who believes that women ought to be treated differently than men. You know, I, if someone did that to my wife, that's different than if somebody does that to me. I'm sure, sure I the support the way. double standard. Of course I support the double standard because I don't think that women ought to be treated physically the same way that men are. I'm not a feminist, right? I don't have the purple hair. So, the, so well, the I've talked about this. My wife has swatted me on occasion, not not, but like on the shoulder when I did something really, and I would never do it to her. And people, oh. So you knocked her into the next room? Like, yeah, exa- right, exactly. You know, that's the, <laughs> I was just talking about this too. Like women don't understand the difference. I was doing this, you know, I, have, I had this surgery and I have this spinal cord injury. So I was doing these... Uh, e- like before the EMG test, you know, they mm-hmm. check, they go, okay, curl against me and press yeah. against me. And this like old Filipino lady who was my neurologist, she's like, oh, you're very strong. I'm like, I, what, what are we doing? I could literally shove you out the third story window right now. It's, <laughs> how can you offer resistance and tell? Um, yeah, I so fully did you say them. Did you say Rindo? I, you just said Rindo. Well, because I was still in the Filipino. Ah, uh, okay. We'll go with that. Sorry. So, so, one, one, so one of the things that's been bothersome to me is the, is the failure to even recognize the basic tax. Again, you want to make the case that, that Michelle made a bigger deal out of this than it was? I don't think that's fair, but that's at least a, a case you can make. If you want to make the case that Corey Lewandowski never touched her or that he's some sort of hero for pulling her away, that's just stupid. I'm sorry. And you right. saying the tape exonerates your man? No, the tape shows exactly what Michelle, Michelle said it showed. And by the way, she went silent for 24 hours after this happened. Jimmy Weinstein tweeted, but she went silent for, for well over 24 hours after this happened. I talked with her the night after it happened, and I encouraged her because of all the flack she was getting to go file a police report the next morning. She didn't. She didn't want to. It was only after the Trump people started pushing her, well, if it's so real, if it really happened, why don't you go file a police report? And she went, okay, fine, I will. You know, if you're going to say that I'm faking bruises on myself, Jared, then I'll go ahead and do it. I mean, the, the, whole, the whole thing is just... It's, it's, the whole thing is ridiculous. Ben Shapiro just admitted to talking with Michelle Fields the night afterwards to start the rumor that he had an affair. Yeah, it, there it is, right? And that's the other one that, that I'm really enjoying is is the, the reason that I... The reason I that is enough. It's is, more than the National Enquirer I, had. That's right. I mean, Personally, Ben Shapiro way, slept with me. Everyone report it. Oh, absolutely. Come on, dude. It was awesome. And and the, the, the part of this that, that's so ridiculous is that you know trump actually goes out there and he exaggerates what fields originally said in order to claim that she exaggerated it right Right. so she never she never claimed that she fell to the ground well here's the thing i will say this i think her claim the accurate claim was i would say slightly exaggerated however donald trump absolutely and Corey lewandowski absolutely lied about her claim and they lied about her not being there and not meeting her and the only reason i say that is because having seriously faced violent assault having been a part of it you know you see it all the time whether someone shows up at a college and kids yell and scream hate speech and they classify it as assault and people build these things up like for me i've always tried to mitigate it because i just want to do comedy so i don't want to be a part of that culture i'm not saying michelle fields did it intentionally it didn't look severe however you don't put your hands on a reporter, period. And, and, you, and you certainly don't grab a woman hard enough to bruise her arm. End of story. I mean, grab yank bruise is fine for me. Legally, no, that's, that, though, that, that's can me. that be proven that the bruises were from him? 
Well, I mean, she, she did go. I mean, she, the only way that you can do it is, well, two ways, right? I mean, number one, her testimony, right? And number two, uh, presumably they took a picture of her, and she told me they did, that the police took a picture of her arm. Theoretically, they could match that up maybe to his hand size, for example, because you can actually see finger imprints on her arm. And, and also Ben Terrace of the Washington Post actually in his report says bruises started to form on her arm. Right. Okay. So he, he actually says that he saw the so the, that second witness testimony. And this is what everybody is. is This whole thing is bizarre. Yeah, ben Terrace was conspiring with Michelle Fields of Breitbart. Right. You're <laughs> right. The Breitbart reporter was deeply out to get it was Breitbart. They were deeply out to get Donald Trump. I mean, if right. you viewed Breitbart at any time in recent history, this is probably the most absurd part of the whole conspiracy theory is that Michelle was was as hired by Breitbart. Again, Breitbart was deeply out to get Donald Trump. Right. This isn't this isn't. Jimmy Carter Jr. Well, I think into actually, if we're being fair, um, Breitbart, the, I understand we took Breitbart the trademark, but I think Breitbart the man probably would have been out to get Donald Trump. Oh, are you? Okay, first of all, I think Breitbart the man would have flown down to Florida and confronted Lewandowski and Trump about this whole thing the day after. I don't yeah. think that they, uh, you know, so so this, this one, uh, again, people I are just say like Andrew now. Acting. I just say Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the, one of the things that, it's so ridiculous is people are acting like Michelle originally claimed that, that Corey Lewandowski grabbed a crowbar and hit her in the head or something. I mean, no. What she claimed is that he grabbed her, pulled, yanked her back, pulled her toward the ground. She lost her balance momentarily and regained it. And then when she said on Megyn Kelly's show, I think it was Thursday night, uh, when she said on Megyn Kelly's show that, you know, this had been the worst trauma of her life. She didn't mean the physical no. stuff. She meant, she meant tr a, a massive national campaign coming after her. And trying to smear her as somebody who who is just making things up and 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 in order to get Donald Trump, like she she desperately needs the attention. Okay, Michelle ended up quitting Breitbart over this, and she doesn't have another job yet. So you know the idea that that she was doing all of this because she was desperate for another job or because she wanted more pay. I mean, there's a report today from the Blaze. I've been pushing her to go on TV and defend herself because Trump is again calling her a liar and presumably an ISIS assassin with her magic pen bomb. And she and I've been I've been pushing her. It could know, be a detonator. It could, it, you know, you never know with those pens. He, she, she could have brought him to a table and done the Joker trick from The Dark Knight. Right? Maybe she's, maybe she was Jason Bourne. It was Bourne identity, and she was just going to start fighting him with it with the pen. Right? Who knows? It could have been, it could have been anything. But you know, they, they, I've been trying to push her to do that. She texted me late last night. She says, "Here's the reason I'm not." And she, and she late last night, to the affair. Affair. And she, she texted uh, the, to, to the Blaze uh, to an article from the Blaze. That would that points out that she has now had to abandon her apartment because they accidentally published. We her have to go to a break, but I want to bring you back. Ben Shapiro, Daily Caller, DailyWire.com. Be back. And now time for GOP party jokes. Okay, so have you heard the one about the rabbi, the priest, and the guy with the third nipple? No, no, I haven't, I haven't heard it. Uh, okay, it's a good one. So this rabbi walks. Well, hey guys, are you, you you're telling jokes? Oh yeah, hey Kasich, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, in the middle of a joke. <laughs> I love jokes. I, I I have one. Okay, well let me just finish mine here. No, I want you to stop telling that joke because I I have one to tell. Yeah, okay, just just one second. Yeah, John. just wait a second. No, no, no. Stop. I have a joke to tell. All right. Why did the mailman cross the road? Okay, here it comes. Well, not only because that mailman was my father, and those workers make up the backbone of America, but he was crossing the road to pursue the American dream. 
and move up the ladder to a living wage and a secure future, a dream we all have here in America. I guess that wasn't really a joke. And when he got there, he got, he got raped. Holy crap. This has been GOP Party Jokes. Hey, you're probably hearing this podcast either through iTunes or SoundCloud, something like that. Or maybe you've heard it on the syndicated radio show across the country. But you may not know that this show is actually live streamed, video live streamed every Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern. Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern at loudwithcrowder.com or youtube.com slash Stephen Crowder. You can actually watch the live stream, see the guests. See all of these little infographics going on there. We have some exclusive commercials. You get to see the Hopper Cam, people like the Hopper Cam, uh, and additional firings of Not Gay Jared. So, again, it's free. If you want to see what you're hearing, go watch the live stream Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. LottoWorthCrowder.com. Oh, I'm glad to be back. I apologize. Daily Wire. You're on a little safari there. That's pretty cool. Dailywire.com, our guest. Ben. There's so many dailies. Ben Shapiro knows this. He's a professional. He'll forgive me. He could sue me. He's got the secret uh, establishment Jew shekels. Uh, ben, are you still with us? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know how to deal with this. You know, we've all got the... I, I, I tell you what, though, I've never experienced more, um, I guess, I hate to eat, like, anti-Semitism in my life, and I'm not Jewish. Yeah, no, you're an honorary Jew now because you oppose Trump. That's the way this well, works. Well, no, it wasn't even the, the way, Trump, just the Israel thing. Like, I turned to Jared, and I've turned to Jared several times. I go, like, because, I, you know, I, I don't really get particularly offended, but I go, man, like... Ah, it's got to be rough for a guy like Ben Shapiro to literally go into his timeline and see Nazi propaganda. That's got to. It's at some point you got to go. Nah. It's you know it, it's it's certainly annoying, and I'm tired of hearing that that oh it's just us being pranksters. You know, but there are certain things that that really are not prank. Like when I can't distinguish your tweets from David Duke's, and that's not my fault. That's your fault, <laughs> right? I mean, like yeah. if, if you tweet if you tweet me like a, an, an anti-Semitic meme, they're like, yeah, I'm just being. Uh, I'm just being a free speech prankster. First of all, you know, do what you want. I'm not saying the, the law should come and get you. I've never called the cops on anybody because of what they say. But, you know, if, if again, if, if an open white supremacist and your tweets are indistinguishable in every way, then how exactly? I can't read your mind. And it doesn't sound very much like I'd want to because I'm not sure that there's anything there. Right. Anti-Semitism isn't really a, a fresh prank, though, either. I mean, if we're going to no. get like <laughs> down to something that's... Really, you Fair know, enough. it's been yeah. done. It's yeah. been done really well. Three thousand years of the three thousand years of the merry pranksterism. Later, they're, yes. they're still trying to. Yeah. See some would say prank. millions like, of Jews uh, murdered was the apex of the prank. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it's it kind was, of old. I mean, solid prank. I mean, it, we, we, that's we, one we for them, up, Ben. That's one <laughs> for them. Six years later, all the Jews are gone. Boom! What a prank. I mean, but it's, it's scoreboard amazing. <laughs> scoreboard stormfront. Um, yeah, I you know it's a weird. Time to be here. Okay, so we, we want to wrap up the Michelle the Michelle Fields thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think there's I think there's room for people to be critical, but 
uh, like you said, if someone, someone, my problem is someone can say, well, she exaggerated, and the arguments when I see that are usually based on the lie that she said she was thrown to the ground, which right. she didn't. I mean, Michelle Fields, regardless of one's feel, her statement never changed. Um, That's right. The way it was presented, and, and by the way, it was and by the way, it was backed by Ben Harris, right? I mean, right. his report in the Washington Post never changed either. But they called her a liar. They called him a liar. Right. They suggested that she was after Trump personally and that this was all just made up. But that's brilliant, though. That's brilliant because that is within the realm of reason. As people who have been long-term conservatives, you know that the media can be out and they can target people regardless of the truth. And if you hear the false claims, not the actual claims, if you don't read the statements, you can believe, well, if if she said she was thrown to the ground and it's no surprise that Washington Post would back her up, this isn't, it's easy to, to buy in. Well, this is this is the part about the Trump campaign that I really find despicable is they just put out these waves of lies that are almost undebunkable, meaning because because they're so large. So yesterday, Donald Trump was on MSNBC and he actually said that Michelle Fields was fired from Breitbart. Okay, that's an outright lie. It's an outright lie. He just makes things up. He's making up this whole story about Michelle was told twice by the Secret Service not to touch Trump. You can watch the tape. Okay, it never happens. It's it's the whole thing is is really absurd. But because Trump is lying all the time and because his believers refuse to believe that, that he's lying even half the time, they just take what he's saying for granted. And he operates, in, as you say, in this, in this very safe space for him, which is no matter what I say, it can't be debunked because the only people who are there to debunk it are the media you don't trust. So right. Trump, Trump, Trump is the wages of sin, basically. The media has been horrible for 30 years. And so what you end up with is, is a guy, well, really 70 years, and you end up with a guy like Trump who just says, I'm going to lie as openly and as blatantly as possible, and I'm going to dare you to debunk me because no one trusts you. I don't, I, don't know that he's pro, I don't know that he's proactively lying, just like he had never thought of abortion. I think he just says things and refuses to apologize, and then it, if it happens to be untrue, he has to continue with well, it. I, I generally agree with you. I do think, however, that when he's saying that, I think that the, the, the magical story about the pen bomb from Michelle is completely a lie, right? I mean, he was there. That's, that's, that's a natural lie. When he says, mm-hmm. yeah, I was deeply, you know, she, she assaulted me, which is the new claim. I mean, this is, by the, by the way. This she is, came this out is, to me, okay? Right. Okay, in, in Donald Trump's dreams, Right in Donald Trump's dreams, Michelle Fields assaults him. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's no, for, could... for a man for, for a man who has mail order brides. I think that that he he really ought to he ought to take a second look at how he I treats guess women. That's true. If I wanted a wife like that, I could buy one too. If I wanted boobs like that, I could also buy them. It's not that impressive. <laughs> It's, um, an, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing country. I actually think she, she seems she seems like a decent woman. I don't know. I, I the whole wife thing. It it seems like. Okay, where do you think, regardless of what happens here? Uh, by the way, th- I don't, I don't, you know, wh- whether she's a decent woman or not. The beginning of their relationship was not particularly decent. If you read about no, that, no, so. of course not, of course not. Well, I, that's I mean, he, was, he was married at the time, and she was having an affair with him, and she was going on Howard Stern and talking in extreme detail about their sex life while posing nude on the cover of magazines. Wait, was this Melania? My, or I thought that was Ma- uh, uh, Maples who talked about the sex. Oh no, 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 Melania too. Melania, he was, he was still technically married to Marlo when he was, when he was knocking on uh, on Melania's door. Oh, okay. Well, I don't, uh, yeah. I don't know. And presumably at some point there will be a fourth wife where he upgrades and, and, you know, has an affair with her while he's married to this one based on prior precedent. Well, you know what I don't understand (laughs) with the wife thing? Uh, Regardless of where you line up politically, Heidi Cruz is is an attractive, you know, she's older than me, but she's an attractive older woman. I don't I don't get it. Like, it's not a valid insult that she's ugly. Well, it's 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 not a valid insult anyway, because, I mean, if like what Heidi Cruz's looks have to do with anything is beyond me. But it's but. 
Trump, it just—he's such a—he's just a. Sort of well, I understand guy. what they would have to do with Trump. I mean, listen, you—it's not—you have a very, uh, a very pretty wife, and it's always men like having a pretty woman on their arm. I understand that. I have a pretty. Yeah, wife. my wife's also a doctor. You know, your your wife actually does things. Uh, I don't like, care <laughs> No one cares about that. No one. That's not required. Um, well, we, we're almost out of this time for the segment. All right. Real quick, we have one minute. Ben, where do you sure. think the Republican Party goes from here? Into the scrap heap. <laughs> regardless, if, if, no matter who it is? Almost regardless. If, if Trump is deprived of the nomination, then he and his followers walk out. At least for four years, we're done. If Trump wins the nomination, I think that we're done for a generation because he, he's just a smear across the face of, of conservatism. Yeah, well, that might be true. But maybe he can sell it to feminists as a pap smear, and they go, well, we're on board with that so long as it's free. Ben, like Planned Parenthood, you never know. You never know. Ben Shapiro, DailyWire.com. You also have Clavin over there. Uh, great website. Yep. I highly recommend it. So, Ben, uh, go get some rest, but we want to have you back as this stuff develops because we don't have to censor you. So thanks for coming on, brother. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Be well. Louder with Crowder, everybody. Uh, stay tuned. Of course, send your hate mail. Not to me. Send it to Ben. You can send the anti-Semitic stuff to either of us. Louder with Crowder. Stay tuned. This week in Cultural Appropriation... Excuse me, sir. Um, yeah, that's actually really offensive. Uh, perpetuating a negative Mexican stereotype. You should do away with the sombreros here in your shop. See? Yes, I'm telling you it's offensive. Offensive? Yes, particularly to uh, Mexicans. No habla inglés. <laughs> Join us next week for more in cultural appropriation. Okay, business time. Really simple. Some of you don't know where to find me. Louderwithcrowder.com. Half a dozen to ten articles every single day. Twitter. Follow me at S. Crowder. Louder with Crowder podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any other podcatching device. YouTube.com slash Stephen Crowder. Or you can type in Stephen Crowder on Facebook and be one of the million plus fans. Or join the mailing list. There are so many ways for you to stay connected. You have no excuse. You have no excuse, just like you have no excuse for those roles that are just cascading over your belt buckle. You should be ashamed. Unless you're a lady. Then you deserve a Get her a medal. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy to say. All right, glad to be back. Second hour. Ben Shapiro was a great guest. I am your host. Again, producing with me in studio, as always, is Jared. You can follow him at NotGayJared on Twitter. I fulfill my legal obligations. You can draw your own conclusions. Tim Kennedy coming up at the bottom of the hour here. Uh, I need to set the stage here a little bit for you once I get my computer working. The interwebs is just a real problem. Gosh, you know, you'd, you'd think they'd had enough time to have perfected it. The, Not so lucky. This video went viral. We covered it at, at louderwithcredit.com. At that point, it, it had only had not, not a ton of plays, 
someone sent it to me. By the way, thank you so much for people who send us stories. Sometimes our best stories are, you know, local things that we run that nobody else carries. And um, people just send them to me and I go, well, you know, we should really write about this. And it, and it, it does really well and other people pick it up. So thank you, Crowderheads, for doing that. This happened at uh, San Francisco University. Where else? <laughs> I believe it's San Francisco University. San Francisco. Surprise! Somewhere. I don't know if it's San Francisco College. I don't, you know, you, you get you can get those things wrong. Somewhere where you legally have to pay for someone else's uh, Lorena Bobbitted penis. Somewhere in that vicinity, this happened. So we were talking about this earlier, and it's gone viral, and a lot of people just aren't aware as to how bad things have gotten on college campus. So, Jared, you can bring up my screen. This woman who you see, um, the sideshow Bob hairdo-looking character, is... For those listening terrestrially, we're doing this in the live stream. I will try and I will try and create this in the theater of your mind to describe it for you. She's looking aggressively at this white kid. Granted, I look at him and I I would like to you know stuff him in a locker, but that's not it's not my right. And someone behind there who looks what would appear to be a, a gay inspector. It looks gadget. like Jesse Eisenberg had a baby with Shaggy from like Scooby Doo, doesn't it? The, 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 the dreadlock the guy. guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this guy gets stopped, and this black <laughs> woman who works at the school. Starts berating him. Why? Well, I'll let you listen. Do you know why it was in Egyptian culture? Are you Egyptian? Nah, but I'm not. So here, let me. Why? Yeah. Okay, you need to hear that. She's saying what you're doing is problematic. He says why. She says because it's my culture, meaning his dreadlocks. Let me continue. Do you know why it was in Egyptian culture? Are you Egyptian? Nah, but I'm not. Damn. Are you Egyptian? No, but doesn't matter. Wait, where's Egypt? Now she's grabbing him, for those who are listening terrestrially. She's grabbing him. He's trying to remove himself from the situation. Made a good point about Egyptian culture. I didn't know that about the uh, about the dreadlocks in Egyptian culture. <laughs> I thought it was nothing but scarabs and Billy Zane. So she starts blocking him. He's trying to get away now. She stops him, this employee, uh, or someone who work, or a school worker. I don't know what a campus worker means. I don't know if she's paid. She stops him to berate him for his hairdo, claiming that it's racially offensive. He makes a point that, listen, this does this goes back to Egypt. And then he tries to remove himself. She follows him, blocks him, and now she's putting hands on him. Tell me, well, I think you're right. Right. Huh? Where did you get it? Yo, girl, stop touching me. Yo, girl, stop touching me. Starts mocking him and grabs his wrist. Now she's grabbing his wrist and yanking him back. So there, there you go. Now, so that that's all you need to see. She stopped. Let, let, let me recap this for you, okay? Black woman stops white guy because he has cornrows. Berates him for being racially insensitive, for cultural appropriation. I'll explain that term to you for those who don't know. I know many of you have jobs. It's hard to keep up. He says, this isn't even your culture. This is Egyptian culture. I'm not trying to be offensive. Tries to remove himself. She blocks him. She yanks him. And uh, yanks him back. He tries to walk away again. She grabs him. And he says, yo, don't touch me. And he wax on, wax off to describe for people listening terrestrially to get her hands off of him. And then she complains about him putting hands on her. And the gay inspector gadget, white knight behind her looking character says, oh, I can't believe it. So here's the thing, right? It's kind of like the pepper spray story that we'll get to. Um, the pepper spray story that happened at a Trump rally. If you didn't see, if this video didn't exist, and this is most cases, right, in the United States, the story would be white student assaults female black employee. 
and she would have made it a racial thing and probably gone on the, the talk show circuit and said, yeah, it's really hard to be a black woman on campus. What, what, was, what was us being put there with all the quotas with our grades not even being high enough? It's really hard. We feel bad about ourselves. That would have been the story that you, you, you heard. Kind of like the Congressman Clyburn situation when Andrew Breitbart was alive and he claimed he was called the N-word and it didn't happen. There was more footage than you could watch in a lifetime from every possible angle. It didn't happen. This would have been the story here without this videotape. She would have made the claim, local paper, this kid probably would. He still may be expelled. I don't know. Similar to, and we'll, we'll go to that. Um, let me bring this up here on my screen for those watching the video cast. And for those listening terrestrially, you can go see all of these articles at ladderwithcredit.com. This is a parallel to a story that was really viral where a girl, there we go, where a girl was at a Trump rally and she got pepper sprayed in the face. And so the headline was, girl gets groped, gets pepper sprayed in the face. Well, we have videotape. Now, this was bad all around. Some Trump fans were yelling the N-word afterward, and uh, she was clearly in there, and she assaulted somebody. Nobody is right in this situation. But the media never said, by the way, before the pepper spray, she sucker-punched an old man as hard as she possibly could. It's kind of key if you leave it out. So that's why it's important. Keep your cameras rolling all the time. All the time. If you're not being taped now, assume you're being taped, but... Please keep your cameras rolling, assuming you're truthful. Uh, if you want to hide from the truth, th then obviously you don't want cameras rolling. Uh, that's a great uh, indicator of, of where someone's character is, if they want transparency or if they don't. So th this is so important for the oh, cultural appropriation. Now, when was the first time you heard about you've heard about cultural appropriation? Not case. It's probably been the last year or so, actually. Yeah, it's, it's a fairly recent kind of thing that's kind of you see popping up more and more in Twitter and social media and that kind of thing. So it's for people who don't know, <laughs> it's another form of racism. There are, you know, racism at one point meant you, you hated people based on their skin color. You thought they were beneath you solely based on their race. Well, that's not what it means anymore. It can mean whatever leftists want it to mean, depending on the day and where they are in their hunger strike. Um, and that also depends on how far into their dad's trust fund they are as seen at Mizzou. Miss you. How do you pronounce it? I've always said it wrong. I think I say it wrong too. I, th I say Mizzou. I think it's Misu. Misu. I, I said Mitsu for a long time because there was a that's, French Canadian singer. But that's Mitsu. incredibly wrong. It is absolutely wrong. There's no doubt that I've <laughs> said it wrong. Um, cultural appropriation for those who don't know. Let me just break it down for you real quick. I know a lot of you do know, but keep in mind that a lot of people don't know. It's this idea that it's racist to absorb or use someone else's culture. We told you that story where it was considered cultural appropriation and racist for a frat party to have a tequila. Uh, themed party and they had sombreros that was considered cultural appropriation and they were banned from public gathering or speaking at the, on the campus I don't remember the punishment it was ridiculous punishment in this case she's saying it's racist it's cultural appropriation because white people can't wear cornrows a white guy wearing cornrows is racist because only black people are allowed to wear cornrows um, if you can't see that that worldview is ironically incredibly racist, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to, right now, find your own quiet space where you can take some time to think, meditate if you need to, and throw yourself off a rooftop. I need you to throw yourself off of a rooftop if you believe that a white person wearing cornrows is racist. If you want to compare that, and these people do, to slavery, if you want to compare that to the civil rights struggle, the only productive thing you can do is throw yourself off a roof. Now, I know you're gonna, Stephen just said kill you. I didn't say kill yourself. Throw yourself off a roof. There are two very different things. 
That's cultural appropriation. If that's the case, okay, then, you know, black people can't do a lot of things, right? Um, Friends, Seinfeld, a lot of movies, right? Uh, you know, I guess you got Tyler Perry going on, but there are a lot of things out there that black Americans take part in that were created by white people. Apple, iPhones, those things. But we don't think it's racist. I know, I know we're the majority. By the way, cultural appropriation, really, is kind of a compliment. People don't like, you know what it means? It means people like some aspects that your culture has to offer. Like hip-hop. Remember how it was considered, it was considered such progress when hip-hop hit the mainstream. Uh, even if you haven't seen that documentary, not the documentary, but the, the auto, I don't know if you call it a biographical film on Run DMC. Was it Run DMC or was it Public Enemy? Was it Run DMC? I, I think it was Run DMC. Run DMC. Um, it was considered a breakthrough. Look, black Americans are just as popular. They're outselling white Americans. And you know what that proved? That people in the United States didn't identify as a race, didn't identify as a tribe. They identified as a set of ideals. And they were open to people of any race or culture, provided they were American. And they were contributing to American culture. It was considered a really good thing. When, when people like uh, Run DMC or, or Kids Under the Sears, LL Cool J, uh, Flavor Flav, Obviously, I know these aren't prime examples. My point is it was considered a victory back then. Now that is considered racism because white people would be co-opting them. You, you should apparently feel guilty if you're a white person and you like hip-hop, let alone blues or rock and roll or soul food in the United States. Apparently, the appreciation of anyone else's culture is considered racist. By the way, you know who's a cultural appropriate? You know who's the worst offender? is Beyonce. I was going to say the check. Chech. The Chets are terrible. But think of Beyonce. Straight blonde hair. Beyond Bay. Queen B. Come on, that's white people stuff. If I can't wear dreads, I have no I have no intent to wear dreads. But if I can't wear dreads, you can't straighten your hair and, and dye it blonde. Come on. That's not real. I don't think it's real. I I don't know. Beyonce could could be real if she's potentially a vampire. There are rumors we can't confirm them yet. Lighter with Crowder will be back after this. Crowder, I'm Barry Matheson. We take you live now to a public town hall with governor and presidential candidate John Kasuch. Uh, listen, I, I, I can't answer your questions with the two stereos, okay? It's, it's distracting. Th thank you. Now, sir, if you shut yours off, I will. I'll do my best to answer your question and try and be productive. Okay, yeah. Why did you eat your pizza in New York with a fork? Now, why is everyone asking me about pizza with a fork? It's not that big of a deal. I guess not if you suck. Okay, enough of that. The pizza was hot. Oh, nice guy's mad. No, I am, I, I am not mad. I am not going to take the load. Keep you abreast as this town hall unfolds. For Louder with Crowder, I'm Parry Mahathan. Hey, 
Hey, Crowderheads, if you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud, or maybe on the YouTube live stream, because that's a thing now, you're missing so much content at louderwithcrowder.com. That's actually the bulk of what me and my glorious team, not Gay Jared notwithstanding, do. On a daily basis, anywhere from four to ten articles a day with commentary, videos, GIFs, images, and it's all free. So if you want to be up to date on the news and entertained, just add louderwithcrowder.com to your RSS feed. Go check it every day. It's free. You get to support the site. And then, you know, maybe we'll give you some free stuff. I don't know. Maybe free college. What are they promising? Free college? Healthcare? I don't know. They're promising. We'll, we'll give you that. Just, just bookmark it. And we'll give it to you. That's a promise. Glad to be back. Big story this week. Well, we have Tim Kennedy coming up next. Gosh, Tim Kennedy, what a, what a show. You're not plugged in. I'm not plugged in. What do you mean I'm not, not plugged, plugged in? What are you talking about? I'm not plugged in. I'm and plugged in the wrong by thing. By not plugged in, I mean, I didn't have a You didn't on. have the soundboard ready? Yeah, but it's your fault. Well, you're fine. It's your fault. Tim Kennedy coming up next. For people who don't know, famous UFC fighter, noted conservative, and uh, special forces. Bright guy. Not a guy you want to anger. So it's good that we do this from a distance. It's true. It's true. He's not. He's. he's I told him this on Twitter once. He's the last guy I want to meet. Dark alley. Yes. At least not on his side. Right. He, yeah. If you're a terrorist, he's probably the last guy you want to meet. Well, I don't want to disclose all my. No, you don't want to disclose all of your affiliations. But there are a few prayer mats in your closet somewhere. Yeah. And this this uh, this bruise doesn't come from nothing. Right. Back, uh, to back to me. <laughs> so, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, arrogant wiener face slash founder of Facebook. Uh, guy's also a censorship maniac. When he's is he not- just trying to keep up keep up with Tim Cook? Is, it, is that his deal with like Islam and stuff? I don't. What did it's Tim like, Cook say something recently? Not recently. He's always saying something. Mostly, well, Steve Jobs stupid. was pretty ignorant on that as well. Oh, it's true. I mean, he ate nothing but what vegetables and stuff. No, it's a fruit. Fruitarian. Fruitarian. Fruitarian is where you, for a while anyway, fruitarian, for those of you who don't know, is when you don't even eat vegetables. You only eat fruit that has fallen from the tree because the tree has willingly given you its fruit in order to spread its seed, and that's the only way to live harmoniously with nature. This is the genius that produced the iPhone. Yes. It's also the kind of crazy that has Freud shuffling papers in his grave saying, I, I, I don't even have a, I don't even have a, a, a fill-out sheet for this. Um... So the Facebook founder said atrocities in Belgium, Pakistan, and Turkey were all designed to sow seeds of hatred between different communities. Mark Zuckerberg said each of these attackers were carried out with a goal to spread fear and distrust and turn members of a community against each other. The only sustainable way to fight back, he said, against the sickening attacks is to create a world where everyone feels cared for and loved. Well, I guess Mark Zuckerberg... I am moved. He has watched a lot of Care Bears. (laughs) <sighs> yeah, you Long know what? Log sigh. Fighting terrorists with hugs. 60% of the time, it works every time. This is proof, okay? This is proof. This is a case study in the fact that someone can be brilliant in one area and completely inept in another. So if someone says, hey, 
I am, I don't know, I'm a Harvard lawyer. Great. It doesn't mean you want him building your planes. If Mark Zuckerberg is brilliant, probably one of the most influential people of the last century. Absolutely. Doesn't mean he knows anything about foreign policy. Now, something else, this is a guy who has attended censorship summits. This is a guy who has openly supported uh, removing people from Facebook who have dissenting viewpoints, be it on the refugee situation, be it on far leftism, or if they believe in the Second Amendment. So it's important to note that this is his worldview. He's going to try and create a world where people feel loved. Let me tell you something, Mark. I, I, and I could be wrong. I always leave that on the table, the possibility that I'm wrong. I don't think I am here. I don't think that ISIS would straighten up and fly right um, because you sent them a pajamagram. I don't think that terrorists are going to change their way of thinking if you're nice enough. By the way, Zuckerberg, you'd, they'd probably go to town on you a little bit longer because of your last name. Don't forget that. They're not going to make it quick and painless for Zuckerberg. Okay. If ISIS, if any of these people, if they capture someone with a Berg or a Steen or Shapiro, they've hit the jackpot. And they're going to make that last and they're going to videotape it. These are not people who are fighting over economics. These are not people who are fighting over land. These are people who are fighting because you don't, because you don't submit to their religion. That's the only reason. It's their only stated reason. It's why there will never be peace between Israel and Hamas. Hamas does not want uh, land. Hamas wants the Jews gone. That's a part of their charter. That's a big thing. I know a lot of people who are new to conservatism, you know, it's popular to, to, to hate the Jews, and so you throw Israel under the bus. It, 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 it's, it's silly. It's, it's very unintelligent. It's not a war, for example, like, I don't know, I'm trying to, like France and England, right? It's not like that. Hamas and Israel, their goal, they're tunneling in. They don't care if they reach a military base or innocent civilians. Any Jew will do. That's the same mindset of ISIS. They don't care how nice you are. And this is a problem, too. I mean, you want proof of this? The fact that attacks even occurred in Belgium or France or Pakistan. The argument used to be, well, it's only because the United States has been going in there and invading, and, and these, this is a retaliatory action. Belgium? France? These aren't bastions of, of far-right-wing neocons. These are the tolerant, democratic socialists, to use Bernie's term, utopias, to whom the left has been pointing for decades of how the United States are, is supposed to be. And they got attacked. France twice. More frequently. As a matter of fact, Europe is, is far more prone to terrorist attacks than the United States. Are you arguing that Europe is less tolerant? They did what you wanted, Mark Zuckerberg. You had a meeting with Merkel, Prime Minister of Germany, and you, you both you said into a live microphone, Zuckerberg said into a live microphone, that, yeah, listen, we'll do we'll make sure that these anti-Syrian refugee stuff, we'll we'll make sure to prune that from Facebook. And a live microphone said we're going to remove this. We're only going to keep one point of view in people's newsfeed. Well, guess what? More refugees in Germany. Uh, also, a lot more rape, violence, terrorism, economic problems. The citizens aren't happy. Now you have a rise of a far right-wing nationalist uh, uh, movement. 
It's just it's just so silly. These are people who don't live in reality. Again, that goes back to the worldview of federalism, constitutionalism, conservatism, free enterprise versus socialism, centralized power. At some point, you have to account for human nature. At some point, you have to accept, do you believe that evil exists? I do. And I would file ISIS under that column. I could be an ignorant American slash Canadian, depending on how mad you are at me that day, but I think it stands to reason. Tim Kennedy next. This is breaking news on Louder with Crowder. I'm Perry Matheson. We take you now live to the Donald Trump Cub Scout camping trip as he stops amidst his campaign in Wisconsin. Okay, everyone gather around the fire. I got a really scary one for you, okay? Look, see the flashlight on my face? It's shining up. Okay, it's just an op- It's what we call an optical illusion. Okay, it's not real. I'm not a monster. Okay, I tell good- I tell scary stories. I tell such good scary stories. They, frankly, they call me the scary storytelling machine. Okay, I would never call myself that. That's what they call me. Okay, what, what, what's that up there? Uh, I think it's just spurs, Mr. Trump. Okay, let me get back to telling this story. Okay, truthfully, it was a dark and scary night. Okay, such a scary night. The best, the scariest. Is uh, that thing going to shut up? Don't worry about it, Mr. Trump. I want to hear yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. All right, okay, and frankly... It was storming, okay? It was raining so much. It was raining like dogs. It was raining cats and dogs. Even both cats and dogs. All right, okay, that's enough. Oh, my God! <gasps> Mr. Trump, the bald eagle is endangered. That's a federal crime. Okay, he started it. We'll keep you abreast of Louder with Crowder. I'm Harry Mahalo. Whoa, Jared, what are you doing? Shoot, bagger. With what? My AR-15. Where'd you get it? AR-15.com. Oh, there's another one. You got him. Yeah. Thank God for AR-15.com. They have AR-15 and accessories for sale and the best advice there is on the web. Oh, no, there's another one. Kaboom. You got him. Yeah. With your what? AR-15. From where? AR-15.com. That's the best place to go, and that's the takeaway, because this commercial's about to stop. I'm a dude. All right, we are back, and I was doing some things on the interwebs during the break, and so I'm, I'm trying to finish it up. I think, not Gay Jared, do we have the next guest? We do. He is. He is there. He's he is there. Ready. Okay, let me, hold on. Let me introduce man. him. Don't say anything. Next He's the guest. Man. Don't say anything. This next guest, of course, UFC fighter, uh, former special forces. He's been on. I think history. History Channel, the History show? Channel, Hunting Hitler. Hunting Hitler. Great show. And um, he's also uh, he's also a uh, he has he, he has a penis. He's a man. Bonafide badass. Well, you have to. I I believe his preferred gender mm-hmm. pronouns are masculine. Tim Kennedy, are you with us, sir? Yes, I am. Oh, good lord! Look at that. He has the full Count of Monte Cristo going on now. Yeah. He's yeah. Got, for those who are who are listening terrestrially, he has a full beard and face thing going on. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, uh, I, I think it signifies the anti-establishment a little bit. You know, it's kind of I want to blow up Parliament, oh. but 
still, I'm here to party. Yeah. Well, I, okay. but, <laughs> <laughs> but I also like to party. Remember, remember the 4th of November. Was it 4th of November? 5th of November. 5th of November. I don't know. Gosh. I thought it was a crappy so, film. It was so far. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's pretty good, actually. No, I don't know. Well, we're talking about V for Vendetta. So, Tim Kennedy is back. Gosh, Tim Kennedy. Okay, there's a lot going on right now, and, and you've talked a lot on Twitter, and, and you get you get a lot of flack. You've sort of waded into politics more. You're, you're big on this the problem with the emasculization of the United States, and I think that you have a leg to stand on with that. Uh, why, do you think, why do you think it's important? And I know, listen, you're an intellectual, too. People are going to think, well, he wants all guys to fight. No, no, that's not it, and so I want to give you the floor. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just like the, the the current state of where we are as a society has become more and more pathetic. Yeah. Uh, we just we've lost sight of who we were, uh, where we came from, and how we could continue to be the most successful and powerful nation on the planet. Right. Uh, that that will not exist when we have safe zones and um, trigger words and. I love how um, out of touch he is that he has them just it's safe spaces and trigger warnings. And you triggered oh. me by not even getting it correct. This is off to a horrible start. <laughs> and so you're like, wow. <laughs> Jeez, words matter, Tim. <laughs> I'm actually glad I don't have it right. I, I think it would be. That's, I know. That's, that's a testament to how. Uh, that's what my dad will do. He'll deliberately say Justin Beaver or something just because he wants to disassociate himself with such horrendous uh, human activity. But yeah, yeah well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is pretty incredible. And uh, we were just talking about this. You, did you see the, the mandatory sensitivity training now coming to the Marines? No, I uh, know I missed that entirely. Uh, well, basically, it's it's mandatory, you know, HR uh, training where you can't see people, you can't see race or gender, any of those things. But of course, the PT requirements have to be lowered so women can be on the front lines. So um, I think, like you're on campus, we expect it, but now it's seeping into the military. Have yeah. you noticed that? Absolutely, from. Ranger school to special forces, ODAs, uh, civil affairs, uh, psych ops, like all, all, all of these different, what were very specialized units are now going to have to not, not try to make it happen. They're going to have to figure out how to accommodate women coming into those units. Now, right. I'm 100% for women in combat. I'm all about it. I'm not. You're not? No. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, I'm f okay disagreeing with you. Uh, I think that how dare you? This is my show. You come in my house and you talk this kind of trash. Who who, uh, who is taking care of the booking these days? All right, fine. <laughs> go ahead. They uh, it just can't be done by lowering standards. You you said it. You know, like they're coming to the Marines, but they're going to lower standards. Oh, okay. So that's a roundabout way of saying no, because there are not many women. There, you'd have very few women who can meet those standards. That's why. Yeah, they but if they them. can, then they deserve to be there. That's true. Although we did have someone who was a sergeant in the Marines, Catherine, Sergeant Catherine, come on, and she she is very much against it. She said because it would change the dynamic in mixed uh, mixed squads. She said people yeah. would inherent men would inherently feel more protective of them. They would treat them in a way they wouldn't treat men. This was a woman who said this, which was honestly something I hadn't even thought of before beyond the physical. And she's absolutely correct. It would change the chemistry of any unit, any platoon, any squad, any ODA. Um, but we, I don't know if that's going to be for the worse, and we're not going to know. Um, until it's done. We know that it's been successfully done in Israel, for instance, um, and uh, those their combat units that are have mixed gender are very efficient. So, okay. Uh, 
Well, maybe maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I have no idea. It's, you know, it's different across Israel. We did have a study up there. We talked with Mark Repito where it did show that the mixed mixed squads were definitively less uh, less efficient. Successful. Yeah, yeah, less successful. But, you know, listen, I, I don't hold it against them because they smell better and they look better. And you don't hate women. You married one. I did. Yeah, I like them. <laughs> that, that's the takeaway for today's show. Okay, so you before, you tweeted out, think of who could be president this time next year and then consider killing yourself and people yeah. got mad now who are you talking about because I, I obviously don't like the left but you last time you were on i think you said you weren't really thrilled with anyone in the republican party either yeah yeah no no I, I i was talking about so let's just take the number one and number two we have trump and hillary uh so while we have an <laughs> egotistical narcissistic you know possibly pretty corrupt business guy and then what well, i think to be a felon uh, a criminal you know, borderline on lying murder yeah. as a secretary of state uh, as our other option. Those are our two options. So, well, I don't know that. You, uh, it seems this week that Trump may not get the nomination. Yeah, uh, which would do, which would, would mean what? That we're going to give it to Ted Cruz? Yeah, it seems like that. Between the two, do you have a pick? No, I don't like either. <laughs> oh. Well, okay. Well, why don't you? Why don't you like? You just. We obviously know you don't like Donald Trump, but why don't you like Ted? Who was your person in this race? I guess who was your? Was it Rand Paul? Yeah, I mean, I had. Although Rand Paul's, you know, foreign policy was a disaster. You know, he and his father um, just seemed to not understand that um, the kind of one significant thing that the government needs to do is right have a strong deterrent presence in the military and they're okay. like oh no no we'll just we'll just shrink everything to include all forms of government including the military um that's bad plan right bad plan okay so who was your person then of the of our current options no of of in the whole primary i mean there were there were like 42 people see this isn't fair you can't just say you don't like them and not pick anybody Damn. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like any of them. I'll take Brian Stan, Nick Palmashano. Um, I'll take... Uh, well, Brian Stan liked Jeb, and he, he came out and he got a lot of flack because he doesn't like Trump. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like Jeb. No. All right, so you don't like Trump or Hillary. It's possible that it comes down to Bernie versus Cruz. I mean, these are possibilities. The likelihood is Hillary, Trump, but this week has been a rough, rough week for Trump. Um, yeah. So what... What is that? What do you think of the Republican Party then? You're someone who's been in the military. You're someone who's been politically outspoken. If you're at this point, is it beyond uh, repair? No, no, it's not beyond. Well, well first, I hate the two-party system. So the fact that we have to limit this to the Republican or Democratic Party is asinine. Uh, I think that if, if everybody kind of understood what a libertarian is, uh, we'd have like an entire third party. But everybody has no idea of how to categorize themselves. So they just end up saying, I'm one of those two horrible options that have two horrible nominations right um so the problem with that is though is i mean i understand it but the two-party system is 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 closer to perfect than like a parliamentary system and i said that because in canada you can have a guy who wins with 30 percent of the vote and that's right. kind of why we have the electoral college right trump has that ceiling of 30 percent and some people would argue you know brokered convention contested convention there's there's some murky rules there but some people can argue, well, a guy who doesn't get over that 30% hump, should he really represent the whole Republican Party just because it's been fractured? So the two-party system isn't good, but if you kind of see what's happened with the Republican primaries, how no one can even get half the vote, that's what happens in a system with more than two parties in a general. So that's not good either. You know, I, 
scary. You know, we're, we're <laughs> I'm just depressing you. I'm depressing Tim Kennedy. Yeah, it's, it's 2016, and we're moving very quickly to the nominate, no, nominee, and uh, we are in a disarray. And you know what I, what would be a horrible idea is the, at the convention, they're like, you know what, Ted Cruz is he's too too he's too conservative, he's too libertarian, he's too Tea Party-ish. So we're not even going to give him the nomination. We're going to go with like a Paul Ryan or somebody else that's even more establishment just because they're going to play by the rules and now I don't think they can do that now. I don't think there's any way they can do it. I don't think they will. I think they, I think they could do whatever they want. They're playing they're playing their own instruments, you know. They're dictating how this entire race is going. Well, not right now. That's why they're rushing. That's why they're scrambling and, and, and all hands on deck, you know, with the with the uh, the fire department with Trump and Cruz. I mean, they they absolutely hate Cruz. And then they just Trump is too much of a wild card, so they, they don't know what to do. But I think yeah. at this point they realize the Republican Party has no chance if, the, if it's anyone other than those two. Um, but you may be right. They may be so out of touch, they bring out Paul Ryan with his P90X shorts. You know, listen, he's got – you ever see that picture? Yeah, it's special. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to throw stones at wearing short – dudes that wear short shorts because I wear short shorts. I'm wearing short shorts right now. Well, that's fine. But oh, Yeah, but you've earned the right. Oh, gosh, those aren't shorts. Those aren't. I don't think those qualify as shorts for people listening. Yeah, they're 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 Ranger panties. They definitely. Y- your qualify. wife is missing some clothing. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to panty raid your your, your wife, uh, Tim. That's not how it works. It happens in, in college dorms. So uh, yeah, I don't. If they bring out Paul Ryan, listen, I'll urinate on the ashes of the GOP. I've talked about that. <laughs> I don't hate Paul Ryan, but that would be a real slap in the face. So um, Donald Trump doesn't get the nomination. They give it to Ted Cruz. Well, they don't give it. Here's what I think the only fair way is if no one has the delegates at that point. And you tell me if you think I'm off base here. If no one has the delegates needed at that point, they say, okay, let's take it to a head-to-head. Naturally, that's Trump versus Cruz. And then at that point, when it's just Trump and Cruz, all the delegates can be repledged because they're no longer going to Rubio, Kasich, whoever else. And you, you pick in the head-to-head who wins between the two of those. I think that's the only fair way if someone doesn't have the delegates by the time we get there. Does it sound yeah. reasonable? Yeah. Okay. So if they did that and it ended up being Cruz, would you so vote for him? Then, yes. Okay. Uh, if it ended up being Trump, would you vote for him? Yes. I, well, that's Pause. if Hillary is that is if Hillary is the other nomination because I hate her. What if it's Bernie? Uh, if, it was, if it was Bernie Sanders, the thought that I would vote for a, a socialist. Um, well, if it was Bernie versus Hillary, I'd vote for Bernie. Think about that for a second. I don't want to. Why, why would you? Why would you force my mind to go to such a dark place? This is entirely unnecessary on this program. <laughs> Bernie versus Hillary. I tell you what, though, people have really underestimated him. People aren't afraid of socialism anymore, and they they say this a lot. And you you touched on this earlier. We did a video on this just released today. Leftists say, "Well, you think you don't like socialism? Well, the military—that's socialism." It's so asinine because, as you said, legit, there's a legitimate role for government. And is there any more legitimate role than the military? No. I'm trying to think. I can't think of any. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe more military? I'm not entirely sure. Okay, let's let's switch it. Hey, when are you going to get a fight in the UFC? For those listening, he's a UFC fighter. When am I going to get a fight? Yeah, when are you going to fight in the UFC next? Oh, so, you know, I, I, I got back um, and available for a fight like a month ago. I had a deployment, um, a special force thing. You, you also introduced me as a former Green Beret. I don't even know what that means. That I didn't, say, I didn't say Green Beret. I said Special Forces because I didn't want to get it wrong. 
Okay, that former part, never say again. I, I will cry. I will climb through the screen. <laughs> that looked like the cover to a horror VHS. <laughs> it's just a beard uh, and an eye. Yeah. Okay, so, sorry. I, Current I special forces. Available for a fight. April, May, June. Give, give me anything. Um, so you I, do I, want to fight? A, no. Well, I asked Anderson Silva. I asked for Peter Belfort. I asked for Gigard Musasi. So I'm ranked um, now seven because Michael Bisbing got ranked above me. And though even Anderson Silva came in and lost to Michael Bisbing, uh, they are now both ranked ahead of me. Well, it's a weird it's a weird ranking. We'll talk about that more when we come back. And there was something else we were going to talk about. But Tim Kennedy, after this, music you hear, then commercial, and then more Tim Kennedy in short shorts. Ladder with Crowder. Stay tuned. With a super cool approach. I am your host, Phil Cool. This week in the news, Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, and John Kasich had town halls with CNN with noted homosexual innocent Cooper. Hey, P Ray. Hey, P Ray, man, why is the mic so close to your face, man? Huh? Man, you're chewing ice, it's distracting. Oh, I can't talk about the news. I can't read my copy if you're chewing ice in a, in a microphone. Take the microphone away from your face. No. Hey. Hey, P-Ray. I'm talking to you. You still drinking. You still chewing on ice. P-Ray. I'm going to read copy. I can't read copy. People can't hear reading copy. If all they hear is you chewing that damn ice. I want you to take that ice out your mouth. Shut off the damn microphone. Let me read my copy. No. Hey, P-Ray. All right. I'm hearing an echo. We are back. Sorry for those watching the video live stream. Apparently it went down. We had some problems. We are back with current special forces. Uh, uh, I don't know what you call them. I don't want a special forces guy, UFC fighter, host of, was it Killing Hitler? Hunting Hitler. Hunting Hitler, Tim Kennedy. I got that so wrong. Tim, sorry about that. That's right. Hunting Hitler or Killing Hitler would have been a way better um, show and I would have enjoyed it more. Well, I think Bill O'Reilly has a, uh, a lockdown on killing anything. He just needs the next book. So I think Killing Hitler <laughs> the cue. It's going to be killing, what, killing Kennedy, killing, I mean, killing O'Reilly is going to be in there at some point. That's when he wants to do the Andy Kaufman. So, okay, you're talking about the fighting, UFC fights. For a lot of people out there don't necessarily follow this. Um, yeah, I know you're ranked now behind Bisping and, and Silva, um, and you beat you beat the brakes off Bisping. To be fair, but uh, I'm sure you you can accept that some of that is is due to inactivity. Yeah, um, absolutely. Except that how anybody could think I would lose to Michael Bisping now, even though I've already beaten him, beaten him, and I've gotten better. 
uh, or to Anderson Silva, who stylistically is, I would be the worst matchup, I think, in the entire division for him. So, um, I don't think that. rankings are based on that, though. Just as far as the numbers. Be? Yeah. I, well, I don't think they are. I think it's just number. There's, you know, it's, it's an algorithmic thing. I think yeah. if you got in there and mixed it up with just a couple of, of people, you, you, you'd, you'd probably right at the top if you fought either of them. But they're not, the UFC is not willing to offer you either of those fights. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. They, they're gonna they're gonna wait until I know I have another TV show or something else, and then they're gonna offer me a fight, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in like Brazil or Africa or something, um, or they know I have a deployment coming up, and then they'll af- offer me a fight against like a friend of mine or something like that. Have they offered you any low level fights, like fights uh, that wouldn't make sense, or has there just been, have there just been no offers? No, the only the only fight that I had was against a friend of mine who's ranked uh, way below me. Um, and it's like the only guy in the entire division that has been a teammate for the past six years. Because you don't have many friends. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, now you just trash these half-half the rankings, but I do. I think you would do pretty well um, in, in any of those fights. And yeah, you've got, you've got a really interesting division right now. I wanted to talk with you about this. I think this kind of ties into a macro we've been talking about. You know, freedom of the press. The UFC is, a, is an entertainment organization. But have you been following the firing of Ariel Helwani there from Fox? No. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, he was fired. For what? Well, he said people, he was very classy about it. For those of you who don't know, he's basically the the Howard Cosell of MMA. Ariel Helwani, I actually know him because, funny enough, I I met him at a jiu-jitsu gym when I was living in New York, and he came in, and at this point, no one knew who he was. You're Ariel Helwani. He's been covering mixed martial arts, this sport, for a long time. A lot of you would be surprised at at, at how reasonable he is with politics, too, coming from Montreal. And he covered the UFC back when nobody did. He has the biggest MMA program, and he worked on Fox for a while. Well, the rumors were, and he didn't shut them down, he was very diplomatic about it, was that as some fighters are leaving the UFC right now, and uh, he was covering like Rory McDonald and, and Benson Anderson, the free agency. And he did say, he, they, Fox called him with a two-minute phone call and said, you're gone. So he's gone. He's not covering any UFC events now um, under the Fox contract. How did when you not did know this, happen? this? This happened like last week. Uh, I have been. Um, have you like seen my Instagram or anything in the past couple of weeks? I haven't because I want to avoid the pictures of the short shorts. Okay, uh, there are no pictures of short shorts, but I've pretty much been either in the woods or on the side of a helicopter. Okay, um, so I've been s- kind of disconnected, and I'll when I get Wi-Fi, I'll send my wife a photo and be like, "Hey, throw this on a social media of some form." Um, so yeah, I've been missed. I've been out entirely. I'll, I'll just. Well, just Anytime hearing that at your first guttural reaction, I mean, what do, what do you think about that? You've had a good relationship with Ariel, right? It's been fine? No, no, no. We, we actually started um, very caustic. He, he and I were, I wouldn't say like enemies, but I hated him. Uh, he, he asked very pointed, direct questions like a good journalist should, and he would try to not get a catch out of you, but... Uh, he likes to stir the pot. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And I was cutting weight one time, and I was just being a dick. Yeah. Um, and and I was a dick to him, and then that's what I remembered. So for like a year, I was like, dude, I hate this dude. Um, and over the course of like the past four years, um, just watching him and reading him and seeing how he is as a journalist, I I had a, what ended up being like a profound. Um, did you apologize? I did. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I apologized profusely. You did the opposite of the Trump. You were willing to apologize. Yeah. Um, I, so I apologized. I actually wrote him as well. And I said, man, listen, I was so far off base. Um, and, and I'm very sorry. Uh, you're a kick-ass journalist. And, um, you know, please forgive me. So now we're good. Was he gracious? Not, what? Was he gracious about it? 
Yeah, yeah. He, dude, he's such a classy dude. So I have – so um, one, it sucks when you realize that you, you're completely wrong and you're an asshole like I was. Uh, but now I'm not looking at him through rose-colored lenses. I think I have an objective perspective about him as a journalist. Yeah. And he is one hell of a journalist. He's, he's very honest. good. Yes, he really is, which is rare in the sport. Like – yeah, it's, well, it's tough because you get your credentials denied, and, and um, a lot of people used to say he was a UFC shill, but he's been very fair in his coverage, and he hasn't thrown anybody under the bus, but I, I thought you might have some opinions on that because of, like you said, the, the journalism in MMA is very controlled, and it's a private organization. They have the right to do that, uh, unlike the, the National Football League. You know, it's not really a sports organization. It's an entertainment organization. But yeah, I just... But Go ahead. This isn't anything new. If you go to look, Loretta Hunt, who writes for ESPN, right? Um, she 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 had uh, she wrote a negative article about careful and repeating what the president said. This is FCC monitored. Yeah. Um, so she said something not nice, and uh, she got excluded from any future UFC events. So right. for the for the company that she worked for, that was pretty much a requirement because she was covering the UFC. So now she's excommunicated or ostracized from the MMA community. Jeremy Botter, another example of that. Um, that just happened recently. So now he's over at Flow Sports. He's going to do amazing things for wrestling and jujitsu and all other combative combat kind of sports. Right. Uh, but, you know, Ariel Halani, to me, that's like the icing on the cake. That is that is that final candle. He is. Well, he's that, the, the, the thing is it's changed now, whereas he might have been voiceless once. Now he has far more reach than a lot of traditional media, and I think that's a big mistake. Same thing in the elections. Traditional media, they've overestimated their power, and we're seeing that tip. I wanted to wrap it up because we have to let you go, Tim Kennedy. Best place for people to find you real quick. Uh... Tim Kennedy MMA on Instagram, Tim Kennedy MMA on Twitter, and Tim Kennedy on Facebook. And he wears short shorts. Ladder with Crowder, stay tuned. This week in cultural appropriation. Time to do away with Chinese slippers. Time to do away with Chinese slippers. So glad we're out here marching. The Chinese have had their culture appropriated long enough. Yeah, totally. I'm with you. Does anyone know why Chang didn't show up? Yeah, where is Chang? Hey, there, hey, there he is. Chang! Chang, we're doing the protest for the Chinese slippers. Why aren't you here with us? Chinese slippers? Yeah, the Chinese slippers. It's offensive. You should be marching with us in, in unity. No, oh, no, 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 no. I'm too busy taking your job. What? <laughs> yes, I just buy a shop across the street. You mean the one where I work? Used to work. <laughs> Enjoy your march. Join us next week for more in cultural appropriation. Oh, hey, Lyle. Didn't see you there. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just relaxing and enjoying my 1978 ball dough, a fine beverage after a fine game of racquetball at the Wimbledon. There's no more quality establishment than the Wimbledon, you know. That sounds fun. I don't really know a whole lot about wine. That's why I go to SimplifiedWine.com. Or I just call their number. What's that number, Jared? 844-297-WINE. Oh, where'd he come from? His voice aggravates me. I have him chained to a caravan. For simpletons like me who don't know a whole lot about wine, just what I like, it makes it easy. I either get the call, go to the website, talk with a sommelier, list what I like, what I don't like, my budget, and can have it shipped directly to my door. 
or gift wrapped and sent to a friend. It doesn't get any simpler than that. Simplified wine, you say? I prefer more of a barrier to entry. <laughs> I know you do, Lyle, but you're an elitist bastard. That's why for simpletons like me, I prefer simplifiedwine.com or just calling 844-297-WINE. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. Glad to be back. Third hour. We're going to have Courtney with us uh, after this. We just had Tim Kennedy. I know some people get mad if we talk about things that aren't political, like the fighting with Tim Kennedy. But that's his life. Listen, I, th- I think he's an Army Ranger or paratrooper. I'm not entirely sure. That's why I say Special Forces. Yeah, a sniper or something like that. Something like, like that. Yeah, something really cool. Not someone you want to anger. No. But uh, he's also obviously a noted conservative, very strong on, on military and foreign policy, but the guy's also a fighter. That's how he makes a living, and uh, and you know, you should go out and support guys guys like that, Tim Kennedy. I should. I should. Guy has influence in a sphere outside of politics, but I wanted to talk about something. We were talking about this this week, where we wrote an article up at LauderWithCredit.com. Uh, Courtney helped me write this, that n- not all religions are the same. And it was written to leftists who, of course, try and... You've heard that argument, right? Religion destroys. Religion is the start of all wars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, every the root of all evil is religion. Right. And it's just not true. It's a great bumper sticker, though. It's a great, catchy. It's a great bumper sticker. Real catchy. It's not, actually. Right next to the Darwin fish. Oh, yeah. And I love how those people, they have the coexist, peaceful, and the Darwin fish. It's like, listen, I, I'm not saying that you're wrong with the Darwin fish. I'm not arguing with you against evolution. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is that you're demanding people coexist and be peaceful... Immediately followed by an incendiary bumper sticker. <laughs> you're culturally appropriating the Christian fish. By the way, that if you're talking about appropriation, it's not like dreadlocks, okay? It's not like hip-hop music were something that cultures liked. The reasons Christians drew that fish was as a secret code so they didn't die. And you're appropriating it. Just something to think about. So there's this argument that religion is the cause of all wars. Um, No. Now, of course, if that were the case, you wouldn't have had tribesmen warring. People wore over a lot of things. They wore over power. They wore over land. They wore over riches. Um, and by the way, it doesn't even have to be religion. It can be any ideology. That's important for people to know because it's an argument that's used a lot. And this is why we wrote – let me first start with the premise of the article before we get to that. Of all the religions, there's one that causes a lot of problems. Okay, There's one that needs a timeout in 2016, and it's Islam. I'm a Christian. I don't try and proselytize all the time. I'm not on here to convert anybody. I'm not, a, I'm not the perfect example. I talk about that. I'm open about that. I'm also open about my faith. However, I don't fear imminent decapitation from Buddhists or Hindus or Taoists or uh, Scientologists. Okay, Jehovah's Witnesses, yes, they're annoying. I get it. They're very annoying on a weekend when I, I don't want to have to put on pants and answer the door. That being said, it's a small price to pay um, compared to being decapitated simply for not submitting to a religion. Of all the religions in the world, you can argue that they're all wrong but yours. And by the way, you should argue that. When people say, well, well who are you to think that your religion is right? If you don't think your religion is right, if you don't think your faith is right, why? Why bother? Why bother? It's kind of like what my parents used to say when I was a kid. Well, you just always think you're right, Stephen. Yes. Otherwise, why would I think it? Why would you act on something if you thought? Why, why would I? Why would I have an opinion if I thought? What am I going to have wrong? an opinion that I think is wrong? Uh, I'm going to hold fast to this really wrong. It opinion. doesn't mean that I can't be wrong, 
But naturally, everyone's going to think they're right until proven wrong, and then you concede that territory. I, I don't understand that you always think you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that sounds about that sounds about correct. Islam is the one that is blowing up people in record numbers. Islam is the one that can't play nice with anybody else. It's kind of like one of those fish tanks. You have all of those different fish, and you can have your guppies, you can have your goldfish, but then you have those little fish that look like they have the, uh, the, <laughs> the Cirque du Soleil sashes as they swim through, and they eat all the other fish. It doesn't matter if all the other fish want peace. That one's going to eat the other fish, and it happens. That happens. Anyone who screwed up with a fish tank, I did that as a kid. Lesson learned. I don't even know a lot about fish. I know if they have the floaty sash looking uh, fins, best to avoid. Just because there's a chance. I know there's a chance they're a good one. Same thing with Islam right now. Same thing with the refugees. I can't know. So I put a ban on my fish tank on all the fish with the cheeks and the things that look like Olympic ribbons. Islam is the one religion that is a problem. And leftists want to throw them all in and they like to appease Islam because, of course, political correctness is... Um, Basically, the people killed in, the, in, in, in terrorist attacks are sacrifices from the left at the altar of political correctness. That's where we've gotten. To say that we didn't know, we couldn't see this coming, we had no clue, oh my gosh, no, it's, it's not like a school shooting where people had no idea. Some guy went nuts like the Kalamazoo shooter where people legitimately had no idea he thought Satan was talking to him through his Uber app. They can say, we did not see this coming. You can't say that with a guy who joins ISIS. You can't say that with a guy who says, well, maybe Sharia law. So that's the point of the article. We need to be honest about that. Not all religions are the same. Now we get these responses, religion are the cause of all wars. A lot of people say that. No, that's not true. Again, ideology people can war over, even if they're atheists. Now, am I saying that all atheists are responsible for Mao, Stalin, Pol Pot? You know, of course, more deaths in modern history than, than religion. No, I'm not. I'm not laying at that at the feet of all atheists. But those were people killed in the name of an ideology. Atheism. We've written about this on the site, the recent uh, video on democratic socialism. Lenin said that atheist propaganda was necessary for communism. It was a part of the ideology, atheism and co communism is a distinctly atheist ideology. I'm not blaming atheists for the violence, okay? Just like you don't need to blame Christians for the violence if the United States, for example, is at war with Iraq. However... That is different. You can blame the violence on an ideology that expressly calls across the board for violence, and people are following that in record numbers. That's Islam. Another thing people were, were sending me, and you probably saw this, Jared, people saying, well, religion doesn't create anything. It only destroys. There's nothing mm -hmm. good to come from religion. I'm trying to speak in only the physical sense here. That's completely untrue. What we have as far as modern history, right? History as we know it, human civilization goes back about 10,000 years. Boom, everything bloomed. We kind of had cavemen, and then modern history, where we have documented records, we know a lot. You're looking back about 10,000 years. And if you want to talk about uh, an incredible boom, it comes with, modern, with, with Judaism, modern Christianity. After Christianity, and by the way, not growing at the same rate as other countries. That is important. You may be an atheist, that's fine. There are ideologies that lend themselves to growing, innovating more. The pantheistic religions of the Native Americans, they didn't create anything. They were here by the time the settlers got here, after the Greeks, after the Roman Empire, after the Ottoman Empire. They were here after that. And they didn't have the wheel. 
There are places right now that are still uh, pantheon, you know, they worship many gods. Well, why is that the way? Because the god of the water makes it that way. Why is this happening? Well, it's because of the god of the trees. They don't know photosynthesis. There's no reason to go forward and explore. That's not the way Christianity was created. That's why you look at the boom in modern science. Also, some things to note, um, and I know a lot of people say, well, that doesn't have anything to do with Christianity. Historically, you can look and correlate it with this wonderful empire known as China. That is true. China made some brilliant advances in technology. But if you then compare it to Christian nations afterward, big difference. Look at where China is now, where the United States is now. At some point, you can only make so many fireworks in giant dragon parades. And we say, okay, we get it, but what else do you have in your deck of cards? But they're really cool. They are really cool. They are really cool. And the Chinese fireworks are the best fireworks. We used to see the International Fireworks Show. So again... That's important to note. There is value, whether you're an atheist or not, you can't deny a historical value. Just like I can't deny the historical value of Islam as far as architecture. They haven't really done a lot for human rights, civil rights. They haven't advanced that way. Historically, Islam is not responsible for a lot of judicial practices or systems of law that any person in the modern world would be proud of. Uh, I do think that as a Christian, one can be proud of the Constitution, which was expressly created around the central tenets of the Christian faith. Something else. There are certain virtues. People say, well, if you're atheist, you, you're only doing this because of some pie-in-the-sky fantasy because of God. You're a horrible person. That's an argument from atheists a lot. This is all in response to the column. I have it right here. Why don't you do it because it's the right thing to do? I understand that, and there's validity to that. I don't believe every atheist is a bad person. I don't believe that. I know a lot of atheists who are very good people who want to do what is ethically correct, what is morally correct. Okay? I acknowledge that. But you also have to understand that some of these virtues we now hold to be self-evident weren't at all. Before modern Christendom, for example, compassion was not considered a virtue. Look at all of these Greek philosophers. Look at, look at some of the great philosophers. Look at some of the great leaders historically. Compassion was seen as a weakness. It was not seen as a virtue. That came with Christendom. And you can see that with, again, China as the world developed, as human development exploded. So that is important for people to note. Listen, you don't have to be a Christian. We don't have to agree on faith. You may think it's entirely imaginary, and you may, I have to leave room for the fact that you may be correct. But in the purely physical sense, it is inaccurate to say religion is the cause of all wars, religion hasn't created anything, it's only destroyed, and it's very intellectually dishonest. Assuming you've read up on any religion at all, assuming you've read your Quran even five pages in any direction, it's woefully intellectually disingenuous to say, well, Islam is, 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 Christianity is no better than Islam. It's simply false. It's verifiably false. You can observe it through mountains of data, more than you could ever see in your lifetime, more than you could ever read in your lifetime. So I think it's important to make that argument. Again, I'm not someone going out there. I'm not a Christian apologist. I'm not a historian. But Courtney and I did write this article, and uh, it went up, and, and, and there were a lot of reactions. And I think that a lot of people just buy this wholesale because they believe what their professors tell them. And, uh, and they don't do a little bit of digging for themselves. It's not to say that there haven't been some horrible acts committed in, in the name of, of many religions. Uh, the difference is... Islam historically has been spread through violence and the sword, and there haven't really been moments of peace globally with Islam. It's, it's just not the case. And today, right now, living in reality, Islam is the problem. There is not the same kind of destructive force, okay, at work here with Hinduism or Christianity. It's Islam. Sorry if that's not nice. We'll be right back.
And now time for GOP party jokes. Hey, hey, Ted. Ted, I got, uh, okay, are you a fan of jokes? Well, I was actually known to be quite the cut-up at my Harvard debate club. Yeah, okay, that's super cool. Okay, I got one for you. Why did the chicken cross the road? Well, interesting thing about chickens. I come from a long line of farmers right here in the United States when my parents moved from Cuba. And they, too, took care of some chickens. Very difficult animals to manage, the chicken, but one can learn a lot when working. Also, if you speak out against chickens, I've learned the hard way that you don't make a lot of friends. Now, the defining factor in chickens, you see, is that unlike humans, chicken can lay eggs. And that brings us to the quandary of what came first, the chicken or the egg. And you know, I've had a long theory about that. Can I help over here? One that some people might agree with, and some people might not. That's their prerogative. But one from which I've taken an invaluable life lesson. That when dealing with eggs, like the human spirit, they can be incredibly fragile and need to be nurtured and taken care of. And sometimes given a warm blanket. <laughs> oh. Now, now, if you let me come back to the point, I believe that the reason this particular chicken crossed the road is not because this chicken was a bad chicken. I don't even think it's because he didn't want to work. I think this chicken, on his side of the road, saw a lack of opportunity. Tell me! This has been GOP Party Jokes. I'm a Glad to be back, and uh, the only thing I will say to not gay Jared right now. Your punishment must be masturbated. Lots of tech problems here in oh, the I studio, understand. but it we are going be. to be fixing them. I, I, I you know, I, sometimes let's just blame the Jews. Uh, when, when the Chech doesn't work, the Jews well, is the a Chech good... are a problem. The Czech, the Czech, the Czech, the Czech. Czech. I, don't Czech. I don't know. I don't know the exact case. So we talked about a few things earlier. We had a video that went up this morning, and I wanted to talk about it because when we did this video, it was, it was like 30 minutes, right, Not Gay Jared, before we cut it down? Yeah, it was, yeah. And it's this idea, Some for some reason, people have bought into the idea of democratic socialism. Everything old is new again. You see the, you see the girls now walking around with the high-waisted pants? They look like Ferris Bueller's sister. It's true. It's true. It's not entirely awful, but it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I don't think it's bad. I don't mind the look. You don't like the high-waisted pants? I go back and forth on it. I don't know. Are talking about guys or girls? No, girls. I don't think guys oh. are doing it. Are guys doing the full Schwazy Roadhouse? Tweet me at S. Crowder. Is that a trend now? I've been looking the wrong way. Well, Schwazy can pull it off. Schwazy can do a good job of that. There's, there's no one more masculine doing a pirouette than Patrick Schwazy. The world lost a talent. So, democratic socialism, everything old is new again. This is what Bernie Sanders puts out there. And we felt it necessary to debunk this. A lot of people, when you're, you're listening to Rest Release, say, well, why aren't you focusing on Hillary? There will be plenty of time to focus on Hillary if she is the nominee. Trust us. We have plenty in store. We need to pace ourselves here. But right now, Bernie is the movement candidate. 
Hillary will win probably because of the way the system operates and the superdelegates go. Now, keep in mind, I think at this point in the last election, Hillary was a deadlock and the superdelegates, a lot of them went the other way with Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Highly unlikely with Bernie because he's been, an out, he, he's been more of an outcast, whereas Barack Obama was an unknown. I don't think Bernie has that many friends in the Democratic Party compared to Barack Obama. So it's very likely that it goes to Hillary Clinton because democracy, it's nothing but superdelegates who pick the nominee. Um, but the reason we focus on Bernie Sanders is because obviously as a, as a younger American, uh, under 30, he's the guy who people are really looking to. He's more popular than Barack Obama in a lot of ways. He's the movement candidate. And people really believe that democratic socialism is somehow different from socialism, socialism. And we talked about this. We have it up at the site from the Democratic Socialists of America, their very own site, they, they, they talk about how they believe that means of production should be put in the hands of the workers, how uh, basically the eventual goal is to do away with private corporations. This is what people believe. And something that's interesting, it came out, we talked about this earlier. I th- maybe I didn't talk about it earlier. I think I was talking on maybe uh, Glenn Beck's show about it. There have been polls that have come out. Something that's very telling, Cuban Americans, Ted Cruz talked about this, you were either a Republican or a communist. That's how they saw you. But for the first time in a recent poll, younger Cuban Americans, it's flipped, where 57% of them, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, have a positive view of socialism. And that's a first. But what does that tell you? What the poll doesn't tell you is these are kids who were raised in the United States. They didn't come from Cuba. Mm -hmm. They didn't come from a socialist country. It's a lot of that girl that was at the uh, the Bernie rally. Remember her? She's you talked about her parents had a unfavorable view of socialized medicine, came from Canada, right. and she just couldn't grasp why they were so turned off by it. And they're like, "Oh, you've spent your entire life in America. You don't really know anything." No. So, and and she didn't seem to like America very much. I don't I don't think she necessarily. Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? It would be a. It's not an island, to be fair, but it's. It's more of a peninsula. It is, yeah. It's more of a peninsula. We know people will fact check us on that. <laughs> <laughs> but this is something it's okay. Kids have embraced it. Another th- another study that came out, another poll that came out, you have kids who see it, have a favor, something over 50%. So numbers were always between 50 and 60. Over 50% of people aged 35 and younger had a favorable view of socialism and said they would be willing to vote for someone who was self-defined as a socialist. When asked if they were willing to pay higher taxes, however, that number flipped. Something very interesting. If they had been in the workforce for three or more years, that number was cut in almost half. So it is true. Life turns you into uh, something more conservative, right? L- life turns people conservative, at least libertarian, once they start paying taxes. If they start paying taxes, they see how painful it is. Also, oh, we didn't talk about this. Bernie Sanders, there was a plan. It was added up, the math. We have it at the website. If you are making $50,000 a year, okay, under a Bernie Sanders plan, there's this idea people buy for some reason with Bernie Sanders. And it's something, if you're listening, you need to know this. Because people assume, well, since the rich will pay their fair share, the rich will pay more. People pulling the lever for Bernie or Hillary think, naturally, the middle class and the poor will pay less. No. You'll pay more. The rich will just pay more and more. So to give you an example, under Bernie's plan, the additional tax burden on someone or a household making $50,000 a year. 50000 very a very far cry from the top 0.1% or 1% or 10%, unless you're talking globally, then you are in the top 10%. $50,000 a year, you will be paying over $5,000 more than what you're paying currently under a Bernie Sanders plan. Contrast that with Ted Cruz, where it would be $2,000 less. 
and Donald Trump, over I think over $3,000 less. Hillary Clinton was about the same with $65 more. Now, if you make up to a million, you'll be paying $160,000 more with Bernie Sanders. So people see that number, but they don't understand, yeah, if you're making $50,000, you'll pay $5,000 more. That's still 10%. And what people don't tell you with the Bernie Sanders plan, this democratic socialism, is the 6% payroll tax, which will be passed on to consumers, the mandatory health care tax. Something that's really important, we talk about democratic socialism, we have all the numbers in this video and we talk about why it doesn't work, how it implodes, but there is a very, very important ethical component here. Health care in school needs to be a human right. School. People should get free school. Okay, what if I choose not to go to school? What if I choose not to go to college? What if I choose instead to take one of those high-paying, skilled trade jobs, like Mike Rowe talks about, and start my own business and make a good income? But I chose not to go to school as a business decision. What is moral about taking my money and forcing me to pay for someone's eight-year gender studies degree? What is moral? What if I want to pay bare minimum health care insurance, high deductible, catastrophic, and have an HSA? How is it ethical for you to say, no, you made this decision, but we're going to charge you anyway, and we're going to do it at gunpoint. That's what the government does. Scary men take you away with guns if you don't pay your taxes. How is that fair? How is that just? Yeah, the numbers don't add up. It's also morally reprehensible to remove the autonomy of, of, of a human being to make their own choices. And nobody talks about that because, oh, the feels and the hugs. Speaking of which, we're going to get nice and fuzzy with Courtney Kirchhoff after this. Stay tuned. I'm Perry Matheson. We now take you live to Donald Trump's campaign stop in New York at this week's Little League game. All right, I love baseball. It's the American pastime. I play it so much. You know, I could have gone pro if not for the boasters. I could have gone pro at ball. A lot of people, they say, yeah, we're so good at baseball. The best. Okay, Mr. Trump, you ready? Yeah, okay, frankly, throw me everything you got, Jimmy. Hey, come on, listen, you throw it here, you're trying to hit me here. What's going on? I can't help it, you're crowding the plate. I'm not crowding the plate, don't get cute, okay? All right, okay, let's go. Hey, come on, what the hell are you doing here, okay? You're trying to throw heat at me. I can't help it, I'm only six, I'm not that accurate. Okay, okay, all right, frankly, I'll show you accurate, okay? Come here, come here, come here, Jimmy, come here. What are you doing? I said, come on, it's your Trump. Oh my God, Donald Trump knocked Jimmy unconscious. Okay, truthfully, he started it. We will keep you abreast for Louder with Crowder. I'm Parry Mahahan. Hey, if you're listening to or watching this podcast, there's a strong chance that you are not yet following me on Twitter, at S. Crowder, where I'm tweeting all day long. I'm ticking off the social justice warriors. You should see the amount of hate I get on there. Far, far, far worse than any fat sports illustrated model or Black Lives Matter charlatan. So listen, it's free, you get to be entertained, and you can chime in. Also, if you're following me on Twitter, you can send me your tweets and maybe you'll be lucky enough, and I mean lucky enough because I have a lot of followers, okay, that they call me the follower machine, 
to have your tweet to me or not gay Jared included in our rockinest tweet of the week. So follow me on Twitter at S Crowder. If not, I, I don't want to say I have sights on your mother, but oh, she's dead. You're just saying that because I made a mom joke. No, she's really dead. Well, you kind of walked into it. Sorry for all the tech issues that have been going on. Of course, if you're listening terrestrially, you don't face any of these. Because you're only listening through your radio. Isn't that nice? On with us. Oh, gosh, I guess I need to get her theme song ready. This is a nightmare tonight, Jared. People are calling for your firing all over right now. Do you realize this? Yeah. Uh, and you didn't have your it's, microphone on. It's pretty much a normal day. All right. Normal okay. Thursday. When you hear the sound, you know who it is. You can follow her at Courtney Scoffs because she scoffs at you. Courtney Kirchhoff is with us. Courtney, can you can you hear Glad me? Can to you be see here. me? There you go. Yes, Look at I you, all blonde. You. Your tan is slowly fading, though. Well, it shouldn't be because I'm working on it. It's been sunny all week here. Well, maybe it's, it's just the glorious. lighting. It's glorious. Glorious. I have no idea, but with those high tech headphones, she looks like the blonde guy in the Burger King Kids Club. Remember the one with the gadgets? Yeah. Do you remember the Burger King Kids Club, Courtney? No. It was no. The crowns were the best part. It was the crown, but there was a brick. It was like the perfectly politically correct club. There was the black kid with the high and tight hair. There was the redhead. <laughs> there was the girl who was in the wheelchair. There was the tomboy. And there was the tech nerd. So everyone was included. Well, club that's nice. Later. The Burger King Kids Club. It's cool to be a kid. I can't believe you don't remember And that. eat meat. And no, eat I can't meat. remember that. Yeah, whenever I remember you see the Care Bears, though. I remember the Care Bears. The Care Bears. My Little Pony. Well, Zuckerberg believes that that is a fulcrum for foreign policy. So I think it's been more influential than people realize. Have we, I mean, now wait a second. Have we tried it yet? Have we tried? Have we tried when ISIS is going after us, just saying, "Hey, you guys, let's just hug it out." To be fair, we can't one hundred percent say no. Right. So um, maybe just the one time, and he, you know, whoever attempted it just got blown to bits. True. I, I, well, I don't know because uh, generally speaking, the people who've tried it probably never lived to tell the tale. Speaking of which, you got a lot of flack. You were exposed to the underbelly of, of the internet mm -hmm. when you wrote about how real men can't vote for Bernie Sanders. You've written a couple of columns this week. Uh, we've, wrote, we've written some together, some you've written by yourself. Uh, which one has, has, has garnered the biggest reaction for you and, and what are the colorful names people are using? Well, after the Bernie Sanders, you're not a real man. I still stand by that, by the way, even if you're a socialist and you're working and you're providing for yourself, if you still believe that other men or other people should pay for other people, even if you're working, you're, you're still not a man. Um, That's fair. So the column, the column that I wrote tonight was um, millennials, they're this love with socialism, this infatuation they have with socialism is going to unwind America. Um, the reason that is American exceptionalism, the reason we're exceptional, it's not because we think Americans are better than everyone else. Though, I do think uh, that. Parentheses, I was going to say, parentheses, we, we, we are. Yes. Um, but it's, it's because our country was founded on the notion that man is free, that people are free to make their own choices, they're free to lead their own lives. Socialism comes in and says, no, you're, you're really not. Um, we're the government. We've been elected. We read off teleprompters. We're going to tell you how to 
how to best lead your life. And we're going to make everything fair and equal. Um, and those who are successful and get all of their, their finances removed from them simply have to bend Thank over. Thank you, sir. May I have another? And take it. And take it. Yes. Yeah. And that's just wholly un-American. And unfortunately, a lot of millennials, it just sounds so nice and fuzzy. Socialism, equality, it's fairness. You know, privilege is wiped out. Nobody has advantages anymore. Well, that, that means that nobody can be great. Right. It's a good point, and I think you touched on something that a lot of people don't realize. You know, we talk about cult cultural appropriation. People talk about culture. Um, a lot of time, you know, a lot of the time people say, well, America is the only country that does this. That's kind of the point. That is American culture. I mean, if we have to turn a blind eye to Islamic culture or what is a horrible culture, Mexican culture, you look at what they have there. They have a very defined culture. Um, American culture is a set of ideals, and those ideals included the rejection of a big centralized government, whether it be through a monarchy, which paved the way, of course, for basically European socialism. I don't understand why people can't ex accept that America is the only country that does this. Well, you don't have a problem when Mexico is the only country that does this. You don't have a problem when Sweden's the only country that does this. You don't have a problem when Nicaragua is the only country. Why is it a problem when the United States is the only one to do it? Uh, is it just because we kick ass and take names? I think so. We're the only one who's landed on the moon. We're the only country who's probably going to cure cancer. We're the only country who's done a lot of things. And maybe it's because we don't have these stupid socialist programs for ninnies who can't take care of themselves. Uh, I think what we have now, people who don't know how to take care of themselves. And as soon as they learn, as soon as they start paying for themselves, they don't want to pay for everyone else who decides, you know, I just don't feel like working. It's too hard. It's not fair. That's inevitably so, what I mean, happens. If there's, yeah, if, and there's a huge switch. As soon as people start working for themselves, and you ask them, you just talked about it. As soon as you ask them, okay, well, we'll, we'll do all these social programs. The problem is you're going to have to fit the bill. All of a sudden it's, oh, no, 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 no. I, I didn't mean that. I don't, I mean, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Right. I don't actually want socialism. Yeah, you're no longer on your parents' plan. So right. here, buy your health. No, 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 no. Well, you have to face, you have to pay the penalty. I'll go back to my parents' plan. No, you can't do that. Yeah. Damn it. And, and it's called the share responsibility. Right. Share tax. responsibility. I, I don't even know how that works. Um, do you think it'll fix itself, though? I mean, listen, you look at the baby boomers, and that was a switch. You had the, the pot-smoking hippies, who then became one of the most conservative generations ever, which, of course, is bemoaned by the writers, the staff writers at HuffPo. Um, it seems like now these Bernie Sanders kids are just the San Francisco retreads. Do you think as they get skin in the game, they'll just become more conservative? I sure hope so. Every generation before always talks about how the, how the next generation is just a bunch of whiny babies. It's true. So, um, so there's hope. I also saw a poll just a little while ago that said millennials favored Ted Cruz way over Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. I, I don't remember exactly why they did. I Our am skeptical of that poll. We've also never seen a real conservative leader. We've never seen it. We've right. we've had we were too young for Reagan. Um, you know, we were too young. I, I was just starting to remember. I, just, I can only remember Bill Clinton barely. I just remember my parents and going, oh my gosh, I can't believe we have this, but we yeah. were too young. We've not seen actual conservatives. Bill Clinton forced the birds and the bees talk to be thrust upon an entire generation a little earlier than mom and pop wanted well, it to be. So true. I didn't know what the, the, on what your definition of is, is. I know what the word neuter meant until the, the uh, remember the phrase neuter bill that was a big thing that came out. Yeah, that was, I didn't know. I I learned. I learned. Yeah, I remember my dad did that whole is is. 
was like, well, what does he mean? He goes, well, what he means is he has had sex with women who weren't his wife, but he's not, <laughs> he goes, well, but, uh, he goes, you know what sex is, you know what sex is. I taught you about that, how babies are made, penis and vagina, that, that, that's, you, know, you know sex. He goes, I, don't, I was like, no, I don't need to explain. He goes, what he is trying to say is, I have had sex with women who are not my wife, but I am not currently under this table while he was in the stand. I go, dad, that's, are you, are you pulling one on me? He goes, no, 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 that's, that's what he was trying to do. And I, that was the day I decided I was a Republican. Also, little known fact, talk about being young, my wife checked her closet for O.J. Simpson. Wow, yeah, I remember that too. Fifth grade, I was in fifth grade when that was going on. So all she that saw was the tabloids. Murderer's wife, O.J. Yeah. Simpson. So to, she just saw the headlines and she saw, thought he was a monster. She was terrified of O.J. Simpson. <laughs> and yet the jury acquitted him. So well, racism. She's just a racist, yeah. Your wife's a racist. She is a racist. Uh, yeah. and, and then uh, and then it was, uh, now there's the, the OJ. I haven't watched the OJ show. I hear John Travolta is really gay unnecessarily. Yeah, he's kind of creepy in it. But oh, yeah. that said, I, I actually kind of enjoy the show. And I maybe I'm just it's really stupid. But this one doesn't seem to have a really particular Black Lives Matter bent that it could have. It talks a lot about it, but it paints them more unfavorably uh, no, than the prosecution. No, 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 no. But OJ is a, is a black eye on the Black Lives Matter people. They all know he did it. Well, they well sure, but they, they could have gone that way with this series, and they haven't, which is funny because the next one they're supposed to talk about, uh, the next season is supposed to be on Katrina, and it's called American Crime Series. So you know what angle they're taking with that one. You know who is the villain Why do we have Courtney on if you're just going to talk? What, sh- these, shut up. These are good questions. He's jealous of my, my blonde hair. Yeah, he's not gay. these are good questions. It's 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 a problem. Okay, stop it, Jared. This is a nice lady. Um, okay, so you wrote this column on the millennials. What's what, what's the reaction coming? I know a lot of people. I don't like to just crap on millennials because they can be very innovative. They can be very productive. Well, so yeah, I mean, the three of us are millennials. Right. You don't suck. I don't think. I mean, there are, we're gonna get tweets that say, "Okay, actually, I've got news for you." Damn it, President, he guessed it. It's true. I'm not. I wouldn't put my. I wouldn't put it past me, but um, yeah. that's one thing. A lot of Republicans just lose them, and I think if people listen, you wrote uh, you write a headline and it's eye catching. But if people read it, it's it's informative, and it just seems well, like it's, it's, it should be uplift. It's uplifting. See, I think I, I really think a big problem here is it's a cultural one. A lot of people of our generation were raised in a single parent household or to divorced parents. My mother told me from a young age, you can do anything you put your mind to. She told it to me multiple times. It's stuck. I think a lot of people didn't have that. They didn't have a support system. So they're looking to daddy government to support them now. I I wish it's hard to work for yourself. It's hard to be independent. It's hard to be free, but it's way better than being a succubus on the government teat. No, it is for and you. It is for you. It is for me. Respectfully, a lot of people, it's why there are fewer business owners than there are people who want to look for jobs. I'm taking it. That's a less extreme version. But yes, a lot of people don't feel people bad about themselves being being on welfare with a well, smartphone and hate tweeting uh, you. That's that may be true. And that's scary. Um, but if they think if they think that's the norm, if they don't know if there's something better out there, um, you know, I, I don't know what to tell them. It's it, true. It's, it, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of people on welfare who don't believe in themselves. It's, you know, if you go to a state park, they tell you not to feed the animals. Why? Because they're going to get dependent. So we're, we're doing that to people, though. We're feeding the people and we're not letting them fend for themselves. And pretty, they're the ones who pretty, 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 pretty good. 
I like that analogy. Yeah. I do. Can't, and it's the same people, right? That are saying, don't feed the deer. The deer need to forage. Well, no, bears. That's a big, bears. in Yellowstone, that's a big problem. And then people see yeah. the park rangers, you know, taking out a bear and they've done everything they can. You know, they'll, they'll scare them away from people. They want them to be scared from people because that's the only way they're independent. And right. then people think it's mean and they're going, no, we're not, we're actually not being mean. We were the people who are, we've studied bears our whole lives. If they keep coming in, it's going to be dangerous. They can kill. We have to get them back out of here. You give them a few picnic baskets and send them on their way, and all of a sudden they're labeled uh, they're labeled as um, as hate mongers against bears. That is a good analogy. Don't feed the animals. My uh, my grandparents live on the water in Florida with uh, with gators, literally in their backyard, and they've had neighbors eaten because they got too friendly and and fed the gators over and over and over again. Want to hear a table turn? And see, I've it's eaten the same gator. Thing with... Oh, nice. Does it taste like chicken? It actually it does. It tastes kind of like a middle ground between chicken and calamari. Sorry, I interrupted you. Good, Courtney. Continue. No, I was going to make a joke about don't feed the Bernie Sanders people or they're going to eat you like an alligator. Eh, not your best work. No, no. (laughs) So maybe it was good that I was interrupted. Uh, I am dead inside. I wouldn't. You need to write better. (laughs) I just I don't know. I've come to expect so much of her. And then every now and then she just disappears. I'm funny in writing, not as funny in person. No, but I think it's a good point. And I hope people do read it. It is a column that I think a lot of people need to read. And there's a lot of information in there. And, And like we've talked about, this is kind of a movement among millennials right now that I think a lot of older people aren't aware just how comfortable they are with full fledged socialism. Yeah, and we also, you know what, we also are a generation where we have the Mark Zuckerbergs, who is uh, two weeks younger than me, so hashtag perspective, hashtag I suck. Um, so we it's have true. people who are, who are our age, who are billionaires, and we look at that and we go, God, that would be nice. That's not fair. And we, we start with that. That's not fair. This is true, but we have and to go. Follow her right. at Courtney Scoffs, and of course, read her writing at lotterwithcredit.com. Courtney, thank you so much. We'll have you back. Lotter with Credit, stay tuned. This week in cultural appropriation. Well, Mr. Sakuraba, your application here at the University of Michigan is nothing short of impressive. Thank you very much. I tried to bring you my family great honor. Well, you've certainly done that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Your SATs are incredible. Uh, your extracurriculars are through the roof. Your grades are as good as they can be. I work for many sons. Uh-huh, yeah. Unfortunately, we do have a slight problem. Problem? Yeah, you know, the truth is your situation just isn't that all uncommon. And honestly, we have too many Asians here at the U of M. I don't understand. I know it may seem counterintuitive, but because you people have been so successful... We actually have the opposite of a quota, and we're going to give your spot to somebody who's worse. Worse? Yes, worse. What do you mean by worse? Well, lower grades, test scores, extracurriculars, really anywhere we can find it. And this is only because of my arrest name. No, 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 I didn't say that. 
It's because you're Asian. This is a greater injustice. I will sue you. Well, we've heard that before. I will find a Jewish lawyer with many vowels in his last name and sue you. Well, good luck of that. We've had to curb our intake of Jews, too. You groups are just so successful. I have brought a greater dishonor onto my family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God! Stop him! No, don't stop him! We have to respect his culture. Join us next week for more in cultural appropriation. Glad to be back. Last hour. Last segment. Last segment. Last hour. Last segment of the show. I'd like to say this show went by quickly, but good lord. Um, always grateful to be to be here, to be with you, and to be picked up by more stations and, and, and growing online. Uh, by the next time I speak with you, the election, the primary, will have shaken up possibly quite differently from today with Wisconsin. And uh, I guess it's, it's, it's a big battleground state right now. And um, it seems like things are changing. In the also, election. I'll probably no, be you'll definitely employed be elsewhere. Not Gay Jared will Maybe. definitely need to seek employment elsewhere. If anyone out there is looking for a right in the middle of the pack, depending on his mood, producer slash editor, he might be your man. <laughs> And that's actually what I've written on his letter of recommendation. I just have stacks of them at the ready, but no one takes them. You, well, you got you you got to no. You have the jacks of all trades. Then you got like the eights, and the those have to exi- exist too. I'm I'm kind of like the four of all trades. Do you know that before you get to the jacks <laughs> and the aces? You, do you know that expression? A jack of all trades, master of. I'm gonna let uh, back to you, Stephen. <laughs> The exp- jack of all trades, master of none? Not, none, yes. Yeah, you've heard that? Yeah. Yeah, it's not the actual phrase. Really? The actual phrase. I, I have hope. Gerald Morgan, I think, told me about this. It may have been on the show about a year ago, and I don't know if it was Madison, uh, Washington. It was one of the, the, the founding fathers somewhere back there. I, so please don't misquote me here. Someone can find it. My internet's not working. It was jack of all trades, master of one. And it was basically, and it was really in the context of for a man... Clearly there was an Asian there somewhere <laughs> translating this phrase over the decades. No, then it was used to years. mock the phrase. And the mocking phrase became more popular than the original phrase. The mocking phrase became the, collo- the colloquial- colloquialism. Collo- 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 no, I didn't have a stroke. I just mispronounced a word. <laughs> you can forgive Donald Trump. Why not me? I'm going to use the best words. So... Master of all, uh, Jack of all trades, master of one was the term. And that was actually, it was spoken in reference, if you look at its context, I remember reading about this, gosh, I wish I had it in front of me, of what is required for a man to succeed, particularly excellence. And, and Teddy Roosevelt wrote a lot about this. I know he, was, he, he sort of expanded government to a level with which I, I wasn't comfortable, but personally a fascinating, fascinating uh, character in history. 
the idea that a man needs to be equipped, needs to be capable, needs to be adept in all areas, but, um, but absolutely fantastic in one, is how you succeed, is what is necessary to be a completed man. So it's one thing, if you're a, a, an intellectual, yeah, you still need to be able to do some push-ups. You still need to be able to, uh, uh, to clean up around the house. You still need to be able to survive, right? If you're a great soldier, you still need to be able to read books. You still need to be able to process information. You still need to be able to communicate effectively. But everyone has an area where they are, are specialized. And that's one thing I think people have done a disservice. I, Courtney just said it, but I, I know what she meant, the idea that you can, put your, you can do anything you put your mind to. That's true. To a degree. Obviously not like flight or invisibility. Maybe one day. I don't think so yet. I haven't been to Area 51. I've heard good things. The point is, it, what we don't tell kids is, listen, find your purpose. Live in your purpose. And you certainly won't hear that from the left. The idea that anyone has a divine purpose or that people were put on this earth or designed for one specific thing, it runs entirely counter to the idea of socialism and the collective. Ironically, it comes back around with extreme communism, right? If you're born in, in China and you have the right, you have the right uh, body dimensions, you're going to be on the Olympic gymnastics team. Don't expect a monthly cycle until you're 14 because they're going to keep your weight down and tie up your toes. This is true. They put an axe in your hand. You're going to be manual labor. You're going to be a scientist. That's how they decide what you get to do. So that flies in the face, of course. The government decides. Now government is God. But the idea of socialism, that everyone takes part, that people should be equal. Same thing. I was just speaking at American University. They weren't allowed to play touch football. That was an event for the club, and they said it was too competitive. That is anti... Uh, not only anti-American exceptionalism, that is anti, I guess, deism for anyone who believes that you have some kind of a purpose. So you can do anything you put your mind to, but here's what's important. And this is what's lost in the self-esteem generation. Take, a, take Michael Phelps, for example, greatest swimmer ever. People look at him and go, well, he smokes weed and eats McDonald's, so I can too. No, listen, he is a freak. He was designed in a way that is perfect with hands the size of meat hooks and size 18 feet and long, he was designed in a way where he would be the best regardless. He, he, he's fantastic in spite of McDonald's and smoking weed. Of course, he trained unbelievably hard. So people just see the one thing, the McDonald's, and you say, well, if, if it's good enough for Phelps, look, 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 and they're sipping their Dr. Pepper. That's not how it works. Some of these athletes are fantastic in spite of their training, and sometimes you get that magic where someone is living in their purpose. They're in exactly what they were designed to do, where they are brilliant, where they are good, and they work really hard. You see that. When you see that, it is a sight to behold. Have you ever just seen someone? And this is what's so important. This is why men and women, you need to challenge yourselves every day. I will tell you this. Having, having done uh, submission wrestling, it's a very physical endeavor. I have rolled with people who are world champions. And I'm, I'm decent. And I've just had to accept, listen, no matter what I do, this person was, was created to do this. I'm not going to be as good at them, even if I work as hard as I can, because I know this person is also working at this like a full-time job. And that's okay, because I can find my purpose. And so I think this what's really removed, we've talked about socialism and, and, and not only the moral and ethical aspect, but it strips humans of, uh, it strips you of the human essence. Uh, humans have, have this innate desire to belong to be productive, to be useful, and to find the way in which they can do that most effectively. Socialism says there is no way. There is no purpose. The purpose is all of us. You're an amoeba. You're not an individual. 
And I think that's a big reason why it collapses. You can't quantify it, it's something intangible that can't be put on paper. But if you tell an entire nation of people, you are all the same, and none of you were created, none of you were fearfully and wonderfully created different from one another, so we're going to treat you the same and make everything equal, you strip them of the human spirit. Don't let that happen. See you next week.